What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the Me and the Homies podcast. I'm your host, Tayo. Today, I'm with the homies from the After Five podcast, Nate, B, and AC. What's up, y'all? What yeah. Up? What up? How y'all been? Living. My best life. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Still not going back and forth with you niggas. Still. <laughs> Still. Well, I appreciate y'all joining me. This is episode two, so I'm excited to have y'all here. Y'all are like, y'all are like podcast veterans now. What it? Man, the veteran is an extreme. That's <laughs> the an extreme. vet, not the pet. You the vet, me? not the pet. Like, you know, still in the rookie season, but, you know, definitely got some games under the belt. You feel me? In the podcast game. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But look, before I get too off task, let's start off with the drink of the day. Nate, what you got us drinking on? Uh, Uncle Nearest. What? Uncle Nearest. <laughs> Are you like up? Ray is like, my fiance is a huge fan of Uncle Nearest. Have, are you like up on their like history and stuff? I am. And how I even came to learn anything about it is uh, one of my old heads is his nephew. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was posting about it, put it in like the chapter group. It was like, you get opportunity to support, support because it goes back and you know, all that good stuff. So. So for the listeners who don't know, Uncle Nearest is the, I don't rem- I don't remember if he was a slave or a sharecropper, but I think he transitioned. He was a slave and then I believe he transitioned into a sharecropper. So he was actually the black man who taught Jack Daniels everything he knows about whiskey. Mm. And um, years later, of course, um, a black historian, he came into um, the relationship with Jack Daniels and told them, you know, she wanted to take on... Um, Uncle Nearest, I don't know his last name, his story, and, you know, put it out there for the world, and they did that through giving him his own whiskey. And I think they have a pretty good relationship with that Jack Daniels oh, company because yeah. I feel like they helped them uh, get things going. And the money goes back to the descendants of Uncle Nearest. Yep. So it helps the uh, his descendants who are in college. Part of the money goes to their tuition. And one of the students, I don't know who it is, but one of the students goes to UTC or recently graduated. I know when I first looked it up, they went to UTC. Uh, I believe <clears throat> Caleb. Word? That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe so. I know her <laughs> uncle. Who put our full name out there? <laughs> I know her, her uncle Thank is uh, Jeff Vance. So that's how I know the oh, story. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then what? What else do we have? We have that blue stuff. What is it? Alex, <laughs> pronounce the don't, shit because I don't, don't know. Don't mean to me, nigga. I, I don't know. Look, I looked at the it's, bottle it's, and it's just blue, read what I saw. I don't know. Blue Karak. Car- if you if you're looking for this drink, you go to the uh, liquor Karakas. store, and it's gonna be the only blue bottle with a black dude just smiling, <laughs> smiling big as hell. I was looking at something, bro. I should not put this in my drink. This don't look like it's a move. Yeah, but they they use it in like. Drinks like the Blue Hawaiian or Hawaiian Surfers. Uh, Did y'all have blue motherfuckers when, like, have y'all ever had those? Yeah. Is that a national thing or is that a thing thing? Like, I think it's a thing thing. Okay. But I'm from a Nashville surrounding area. Oh, so true, yeah. Y'all blue motherfuckers in Memphis? I don't even know what okay. you even I, they got, they got, like, <laughs> I think that's like a ratchet national They got thing. Rusty 45s <laughs> and First 48 in that. I have no clue cool what's a blue motherfucker, but <laughs> if you're in a ratchet club in Nashville, like. It is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm you look, clueless. If you're ever in Limelight or any other ratchet facility in Nashville, you're going to look around and see several people with blue cups. And I believe, I believe that's what's in there. Yeah. 
It's like a sweetener, a, a, a non high fructose corn syrup having All sweetener. Sugar. Yeah, <laughs> straight sugar. Mm. Yeah. And then Sprite, you know. <laughs> If you yeah, need right. if you need your high fructose then, corn syrup, there you, there you go, there you go. So as usual, I'll rate the drink at the end of the show. Let's go ahead and hop into the top five. Today's top five is your top five one hit wonders. Either one, do you have a volunteer to start? I want to start, man. Uh, so I volunteer, Alex, okay, okay. for tribute. I didn't I didn't want to talk about this earlier, but I want because I wanted to hear what you guys thought. What is your like? What do you consider a one hit wonder? I mean, me personally, a one hit wonder, you know. Not necessarily has to just be one song, you know. I just I just look at it as like you had a moment, like you had a moment in hip hop, you know, where either you had a song or was popping. You might have had two songs that was popping. Maybe you know, at the most, you know, maybe you had an album that had like some singles on there that was popping. But then following that, you know, you were done. You so know what I'm saying. If they have a good album and then we never hear from them. See, again. but I'm not saying a good album. Oh, you mean you just couple. like you had an album, you know, like I'm gonna say, for example, um Chingy, who's not on my list, but it's like Chingy, you know, had a run of songs that were very popular. I would consider Chingy a one hit wonder, even though he had more than one hit, you know, because he just had a collection of songs around. That literally the- goes against the definition <laughs> of one I mean, I'm just saying it's like I, I mean, I know I know that, you know, if we wanna Talk semantics, you know, one hit is is what is that is one <laughs> hit. But it's like, bro, I mean, you know, for for the purpose of the conversation and for the purpose of my list, you know, I just you know, niggas who had a moment who couldn't produce another moment. <laughs> see for see for me, I say a one hit wonder. You're gonna have that one song is huge and everybody knows it and it's everywhere. And so obviously you get that second shot. Now if that second one you miss, to me you're a one shot one a mm-hmm. one hit wonder. But if you hit though, if you hit, I slick. You know, I give you a little bit of credit. <laughs> a little bit. A of little credit. bit of credit. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like, like Fetty. Well, I'm not. Fetty Wap's not one hit wonder to me. I don't know if I'm stepping on anybody's list. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider him one hit to me. I feel like he yeah, had. Now, now he's in a drought right now. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, that's what I look at it. <laughs> he is in a drought. But he right could, now. he could easily come back. My nigga though, just signed a trade Yeah, that's I what mean, I, I mean, that just means he's gonna troll. <laughs> that, like that just. Uh, you know. Cause he has one with him already. I don't really fuck with like that. Yeah, I don't listen to six nine. So nah, I ain't gonna lie, say that. I will tell the truth and say I don't listen to that nigga. I don't know, like I don't know what he be saying, but he give me hype. <laughs> I can't, I can't fuck with it. But you know, ain't nothing funnier than hearing somebody talk like super hype and be super savage, and then seeing the videos, <laughs> and you know that little New York dance they be yeah. doing, <laughs> seeing the niggas dancing like that in the middle of the video, it's hilarious. Have you seen that Twitter clip of the dude? Uh, where he got this thug ass song, but he dropping down, getting his eagle well, on. I don't know. Why. I don't know. But to, to have a video shoot, have people there, somebody shooting a video, somebody's editing the video, and somebody's put, and nobody took this ain't it, Chief. Like, bro, you got to surround yourself with that. That is not people, it. Bro, Run with that, that shit. Shit. But the crazy part of it is, he do not even look like, a, he just looked like a hood nigga doing shit some wild me, shit, bro. That shit just gets you so off guard. You're like, is he twerk? Like, is he. <laughs> And he continues to do it, bro. It's like, if you drop it down one time, I could be like, you know what? Maybe you got a little too excited. Forgot where you was at. My nigga dropped it down like three, four times, bro. I was like, hey, 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 get up. But kept kept a mug on his face, bro. I was like. Kept rapping and all. Yeah, I was like, man. Ain't no nigga finna drop down and get his eagle on and shoot me. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get back on My bad. AC, what is your... 
top five one hit wonders. All right, man. So no specific order, man. I, I any top five is hard for me to do an order, but you know, number one on my list, Jay Quan. You know, I mean, I know, I know, I know that that's gonna be on some list. I mean, cause we all know Jaquan. I mean, you know, everybody in the club getting tipsy now. Now, hood hop, hood hop was hard. Hood hop, <laughs> hood hop was hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why you know when I was prefacing my list, like you know, a nigga could have two, cause hood hop was a hit. Yeah, man. I worked hood hop. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so next I got shop boys. I don't even know. Totally do. Oh, I mean, bro. Okay, so the summer I moved to Memphis, bro, the summer of 07, Party Like a Rockstar came on the radio every, I mean, it's like every other song. I'm like, bro, I can't I can't even turn 97.1 on. What's the group's name? Shop Boys. Shop Boys. S-H-O-P. Yeah. Shop Boys. And let me tell you, bro, uh, I don't even remember the DJ name, but he used to do mixtapes at UTC. And my sister went to UTC in like that, in like 06 to 08. Was it Tua? Maybe so. That, that sounds familiar. And uh, I remember I came up here to visit her, bro. And her and her friends getting ready to go somewhere. And I was like, what is this song that they keep <laughs> they fucking keep listening fucking to, bro? Because, you know, shit always hit, like, colleges before Earth, it really popped yeah. on the radio. Especially back then. Man, we got back to, you know, little old Columbia where we listened to the Nashville <laughs> radio station. And uh, they dropped a shot. I was like, boy, this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally dude the hell out there. Hey, that was a hit, bro. You know, so... Shot boys. Now my next one, my next one, you know, this one may be controversial. It may be controversial, but I have down play a circle. Now, now look, now look, look. Now we know, we know Titty Boy is obviously, you know, went on to do his thing. But as a as a group, I mean, come on. If I'm, if a, if a nigga can name another player circle song <laughs> than Duffel Bag Boy. Then I mean you as a stand. I mean, cause there's no way a regular nigga would know another song by that group. I'm a thousand percent right there with you. Know. you. Like I Me can't too. even remember dude's name. Me too. Um Dollar, right? Um I don't think I remember Two Chain saying Dollar. I don't didn't know that was the other dude's name. I wanna I wanna, I wanna say it was Dollar. I could be wrong, man. Niggas could be listening to this like this dumbass nigga. Of course, it no, was such but, a, yeah, but you, you know, play a circle. I mean, duffel bag. That was it. Uh, next on my list, I have Bone Crusher. So I'm outside of the club, and you think Thank I'm you. a punk. Hey, the remix was hard. It was hey, with T. Mine. That Atlanta movement was just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, shout out Bone Crusher. Um, and then last, I have GS Boys. Do the stanky leg. True. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, definitely a one hit wonder. I don't think they should be on the top five anything. Bro, the fact the fact that a song named Stanky Leg <laughs> rose to prominence the way it did. Respect from AC, man. That's all I gotta say, man. Cause the first time I heard this shit on the radio, I thought it was like, you know, like so, a little prank song that the radio is doing. Like, like some type of parody. You know, yeah, like some, you know, and then I heard it again somewhere and I was like, damn. Then, you know, I was out at a party and I seen niggas hitting that hoe and I was like, wow, this is real life. A room full of niggas. Like, this is, this is, this is fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a thing. So, yeah, for that reason, they do round out my top five, man. So, yeah. That's fair. Okay. Maybe what you got? Uh, in the spirit of not doing repeats, because I hate 
when folks do top oh, fives in it. Sure you go, uh, you definitely <laughs> gonna do the repeat. This, this hard not to. I can't. Do, I I created a top ten. It was like, bro, somebody take something out of my top five. <laughs> I'm gonna just you feel me scoot that Roll next one up. But if we keeping track, uh, player circle was on my as was uh, tipsy. But my new top five is uh, <laughs> Kaya. Yeah, that's that's one for sure. What is that? My neck, my back. My yeah. neck, my back. And she is my really in my back. Made a full career out of that one song. Yes, that's crazy. Uh, next up, and this is not in any particular order. Uh, Mims. This is why I'm. No, is that this why I'm hot? This yeah. is why I'm hot. Um, next up, I got uh, Boys in the Hood. Ah, uh, mm. yeah, that, that was my like six. Yeah, them boys. Six. Uh, next up, I got uh the Baja Man. What? Do you that? remember who let, the, who let the dogs? We was in elementary school, bro. <laughs> who let the dogs out? Dominated the charts. <laughs> uh, and then rounding out the fifth, it was kind of a tie because these are two iconic songs. I got sixty nine boys, Tootsie Roll. Oh yeah. Uh, and then Cupid, Cupid Shuffle. Shuffle. All those like party songs, yeah. all one hit wonders. Because you got the skating rink song. Um, I have no clue who sings that. Whoop, there it is. No, no, no. The one they just, um, the one they just remixed and did the Running Man thing with. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about? Skating I was singing, but it's way too high, and it's gonna sound. No, nah, give it to us, bro. Nah. We can, we can throw yeah, some auto tune on it. Put some reverb on it. We can throw some auto tune. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like, we have, they don't have any other music, do they? I, well, we don't even know who it is. Wait, what was that again? Can you sing it one more <laughs> no, time? <laughs> I think if you sung it one more time. For my top five, I had Player Circle as well. Like, I mean, that is the only song they've ever had. And really, the, the hit is being generous because that's a, I mean, that's a Wayne hit. I mean, but it was a hit, though. It you was. Know? And, and I, I mean, and I feel I like. You know, Tucci, yeah, he yeah. came on hard, bro. You know, bro. Then I got the Young Guns, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Okay. City High. What I almost do? did that. Which I one? almost young did Young Guns and City High. Yeah, City High. What would you do? There were those who input their who had their input and said that City High had more than one hit. Okay. I mean, what would that be? Right. Then we have Mark Morrison's uh, Return to Mac. True. True. And Wayne Wonder, no letting go. To close out my top five. I'm getting your old nigga back. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all ain't fuck with no letting go when you was kids. Getting your old nigga back. Y'all tripping. That was that shit. I wasn't even born, man. Honorable honorable <laughs> mention, uh uh shit. If y'all, if I wouldn't have said nigga, that, be shit. ready. <laughs> be ready, so you. Ain't ready, I'm like, damn, bro. My phone locked, bro. Man, it came in hot as hell. You My was, phone you locked. Mambo number nine, number five. What? You remember the Mambo number five? I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not finna sing this shit. Bro, Mambo number y'all five. Y'all niggas probably yes, you better sing that shit. No, Alex ain't saying shit. <laughs> you tell niggas to sing that shit. If I need to sing some shit, I will do it. Cause you can actually sing. See, I hate when niggas say shit like that. <laughs> the uh, a little bit of something in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, <laughs> I would never like. <laughs> I guess yeah, that. but I, see, I tell you what made me think about it, bro. 
Matilda? And you know, bro. Oh. <laughs> that's the only, exactly. I think it's the only way I know that shit. No, bro. Do you remember uh, when the Titans went to the Super Bowl? Yeah, and they remixed that song no, and I put they put that. all of the players' names in it. It was running on like News Channel two, four, and five. I like to remember my legends in their best light, <laughs> like, and that clearly is not it. Bro. I don't remember that at all, and I'm not gonna research that. that yes, bro. Terrible. <laughs> yes, bro. I remember because you know I was in elementary school and shit, so. When the Titans was going to the Super Bowl, nigga, the whole Tennessee was hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, News Channel 2 came down because we made like this big banner and all this other stuff. And that was the song they played. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so kind of a perfect segue to this is just like these random, you know, music discussions. Revolt, who I shitted on last week, I guess, decided to step it up. And now they've started their uh, State of the Culture with Joe Budden. Have y'all checked it out? Yeah. What do y'all think seen, about I've it? I've seen a little bit of it. <laughs> you seen the like 30 second promo clicks on Instagram? That's how they do. I've seen a little bit of it. Alex don't have cable. What, well, so Nate, what did you think I about it? Not. I like it. Um, I think they two episodes in. I like, I like the panel. I think uh, last week Jinx showed me some. Jinx, Jinx showed a little bit more heart. He showed more heart last week. You feel me? I think the first week he was trying to fill it out. Uh, the only issue I foresee down the road is, I think Scotty Beam is playing really nice right now. Yeah, yeah, being chill. And when she pipes up, is and she, Remy pipes up, is Scotty Beam aggressive like that normally? I don't, I'm not familiar with her. Not. I'm not going to say she's normally aggressive, but she can get there. She can definitely, she she can get there. And I think you saw glimpses of it because she was like a diehard, like Kanye stan because she went through a period of time in her life where she would like recluse uh, when she was in college and cause she went to Clark. Oh wow. Uh, so she went from like New York, you know, living you know how she how you live in New York right. and then came down south and then she just went through like culture shock. Yeah, she did a lot of fighting and shit like that. Oh uh, wow. Damn, so man, at you certain can read point, bios and shit, don't I mean, <laughs> this nigga be having so much information on this. So at certain point she said she would recluse, so she would just play certain songs over and over and over again. And Kanye and Kid Cudi kind of helped people. her get through that. So okay. she has an affinity, especially for Kanye. So when you saw I think it was the first episode when they like really went in on Kanye and shit. That's why she got so hyped. But I could see she was trying to chill, chill because I mean, if you had to pick a list of five people to pipe up with on a panel, I'm not trying to go against Remy Ma. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, my biggest takeaway is I don't fuck with Remy Ma, bro. Like, <laughs> she is terrible. <laughs> she is awful. <laughs> but it's basically like, Bro, Jinx, I, I feel for him, bro. Like, I, I really feel for him because it's just those conversations like when you're in a barbershop and you're trying to make, like, just a logical argument or statement with somebody who clearly doesn't, you know, isn't all there. And, BX all day. And, and they just so crunk. <laughs> and, then, and then you know how, and you know those are always the people that everybody, like, gasses. Joe being there just gas. I'm like, she's wrong. Because she's mad aggressive. Bro, like, <laughs> bro, I, don't, I don't remember if it was this week or last week, but she was just, like, really standing on it, like, Black people don't protest. We don't like. Yes. Jinx black people, to, did black people protest uh, 
we don't care about how white people view our protests. Well, for one, like, Jinx was just really trying to explain to her, like, the target audience behind Black Lives Matter is not black people. Like, even, like, no matter how you feel, if you don't think black people value themselves enough, that's not who the target audience is for that. We, in general, know that our lives matter. Yeah. And she just was like, no, we don't. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Dude, we have a disconnect. We clearly have a disconnect. And then she was just like, you don't see us, pro- they not protesting Timbaland, they not protesting Tommy Hilfiger. I was like, all right, okay. I already see where we're at. Both of those rumors have be, have been debunked for a decade now. Like both. Oh, like, they was talking about them like they was fake. Yeah, and Joe was like, yeah, yeah. I just got back on. I just got back on the Tommy Hilfiger wave. I'm like, dog, y'all know this is like, like my nigga years dead. ago. We decided, yeah, that never happened. Bro was like, I've never. They say he said uh, Tommy Hilfiger said, I don't like when black people wear uh, my clothes. Because it, it, it lessens the value. It lessens the value. He said, he said on Oprah. He came on Oprah's show and said, this is my first time ever being going here. Like, <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. But <laughs> he was like, I know. I've I've heard what you niggas been saying in the streets, and I just want to let you know, I did not say that shit. And I'm just like, yeah, but Remy, but her real, but the real issue is. Remy has that like overly aggressive, dominant personality all day, every day, and she's far like by far the least experienced person in. I mean, <laughs> just in this arena. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I mean, she's just gonna have to really humble herself and be like, "All right, I need to learn," and I don't see that happening. And Joe be putting a batter in her back every week, so I'm just like, that's literally why he chose her. Yeah, so I'm like, that's I don't what know he how to do. Go. But see, I think I think she plays a a certain role. In that, um, because she the only person who Joe know he can't over talk. And if he say some fuck shit, if it sound like fuck shit to your average Bronx nigga, Remy gonna say, are you bugging? Stupid. (laughs) Are you dumb? Don't call me stupid, dog. Yeah, I'll be like, hold on, chill. Chill. Bro, then she, bro, so like, she made a point, and Jinx had a completely valid point. That he, I mean, a, a a completely valid stance that he was debating her with, and she didn't try and deprove his point at all. Uh-huh. Deprove is definitely not a word. I'm two for two. Yeah, we, we I was gonna let you though. cook. Yeah, we were away. <laughs> she, she tried to debunk it, or she didn't try and debunk it at all. She just was like, you know, I mean, you just sound like somebody who's never experienced nothing. Uh-huh. You just sound like a privileged nigga. Like you just don't. And he was just like, bro, like, why would you even come for me like that? Like, I was just like, that wasn't even necessary. It wasn't even like, it wasn't like you was talking about gun toting and stuff. It was like, talking about being discriminated as a black person. Like, I'm sure he's experienced that at some point in his life. And then he had to get in his bag. Like, you don't know how many people I didn't lost over this shit. Like, what? Like, you I was know, like, you oh, know that's gonna oh so, so, like, Jinx, so Jinx is like mad, mad at this point. <laughs> bro, I fuck with Jinx. I was like, bro, I feel for dude. Like, this is going to be long. It's going to be stressful every day going in there. Trying to talk to Joe Budden and Remy Ma about logic. Yeah, you cannot you cannot be logical with two people like that. They no, they won't accept no. that. That's why half the time you just see uh Scotty Beam just over there, like her facial expressions tells you how this conversation's gonna go. She just be out of something. She's like, Yeah, this is bullshit. I'm not talking. <laughs> but with all that stuff, and that's something that we want to talk about with rap, with them being older, I'm glad to have Scotty Beam and uh Jinx on there, because they're not young, young like like 21 or anything but it's good that they're younger because they can just explore the different generations of rap and Nate I know something you wanted to talk about was just how much rap has started to change over the years and just like just even the things that we value 
in rap before, like lyricism and like that shit is not at all the front runner and the most valuable parts of music anymore. And it's just crazy to see how it's changed and how it affects, you know, society and like Mm -hmm. what the kids and people value. I don't, I don't, where do y'all attribute that? Like the, when did y'all, when would y'all say y'all noticed that big shift? I mean, it's like, you know, like I hear a lot of, cause obviously, you know, there's a big conversation about, or recently that's been about mumble rap, you know what I mean? And as far as, you know, um, obviously with the growth of the Migos and, you know, the big thing about that Migos flow and things like that. But then, you know, a lot of older heads and, and, and once, cause obviously there's a lot of older heads that be like, yo, like hip hop is done. Like, you know, niggas ain't rapping no more about stuff that matters, but anybody who's actually paying attention can always say, well, you know, rap has always been, I mean, it's a spectrum of different types of rap. Like rap is one big thing. And then there's obviously sub genres of rap. If we being honest, right. like, you know, there's so many sub genres. So from the beginning of rap, there's always been rap that's, you know, not been very lyrical, yeah. you know, it's been, it, it serves its purpose. You know, this, like, we going to play this in the club. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, this ain't for the bars. You know what I'm saying? This, <laughs> right. this, this to move your feet. You know what I'm saying? And I also, you know, as time progresses and just like any field of anything, like different things are just going to have their stride. So, you know, at this point, you know, as far as what's popping, as far as what's popular, you know, you're going to have a stride of, you know, like I said, the Migos or, you know, all these niggas coming out of Atlanta, you know, gonna, um, you know, future like niggas who uh, a lot of people really wouldn't consider that lyrical, uh, you know, just making music that people enjoy. And then a lot of times when there's there's so many underground niggas now because i mean we know how easy it is to be a rapper now i mean anybody could go by the mic you know what i'm saying put the shit down put it online and you're a rapper and i think in the underground world there's a lot of lyrical niggas and there's a lot of niggas that's like really good and then when these people are not recognized people just like shit on the rap game they just like well um you know you got these, you got these people who are so good, you know, and, and we just praising, you know, niggas like six, nine and this like that, you know, rap is done. And I just think, you know, like niggas popping based on what niggas want to hear. So if niggas just trying to hear some shit to move their feet, then like that, like that's what it is. And I don't know, like niggas, niggas be so resistive to that. You know what I'm saying? But at some point, you know, you just have to embrace like what's, what's popping. Like if the shit hard, the shit hard you know what i'm saying as far as it making you move your feet like there's different lanes there's gonna be niggas who lyrical that's gonna be popping who and some niggas just find a middle ground like i for example like an artist like j cole who is like you know j cole is not like a real lyrical dude but you know he do got bars and he has a positive message for the most part and he finds a middle ground to make his music somewhat popular you know what i'm saying and that's and that's kind of that's kind of a sweet spot that's that's hard to find for, you know, a lot of people. But as far as I guess going back to your question, you know, generational rap and how it has progressed through the years, I don't really see that there's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, new styles come in because because music progresses. But I mean, just like any genre, you know, that's going to happen. And I don't really see the genre going in a downward situation. Like, I just think it is. 
it's just 2018, man. Like, nigga, when the dancing shit was popping off, niggas was like, dog, hip-hop is dead. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I said it. It's dead. You know what I'm saying? And even I was like, damn. Like, niggas really just gonna crank that Soldier Boy till, you know, the end of time. Like, I, I guess it's just a wrap. But, you know, this shit die, and then we be on some new shit. So, you know. I think we just kind of dealing with the first real um, changes in us being able to really look at hip hop and rap in its entirety as a genre is still very relatively young. So I think now we're seeing the first real disconnect between the generations where there isn't really a lot of overlap. So you take, you know, the boom bap of the late eighties going into the nineties, and then you take, you know, the drug era, which is what people like to call, you know, the golden age of rap. And then immediately following that, you get in the snap. Like you're talking about dance, but they call it a ringtone music. Then we get into, you know, where basically strip club, strip club culture shaped what rap and hip hop was. So if your music could break in the strip club and strippers was fucking with it, the general public was going to fuck with it. And then now I think we're in a space where you're having a bit of a renaissance where you're having people who are their sole goal is to bring lyrics back. And then you have people who are of the, what, what they're now deeming the SoundCloud era where, like you said, anybody can be a rapper. And I think like the internet has changed the way that we consume music, both positively and negatively. And I think the issues that we see in hip hop right now are more so due to the ease of us being able to get the music. Like we talk about uh, 9-11 just came up. They talk about, you know, Jay-Z dropped on 9-11. Still went platinum. Still went platinum. Whereas now, you know, two artists drop on the same day, depending upon, you know, which artists people fuck with more. Motherfuckers not e- might not even listen to that other album until, you know, the next week. And now that fucks up. You know, they numbers. So I think now we're we're in a weird space where people are trying to compare old hip hop to what we're doing now. And there's no real overlap. Like people don't really care. Like this, this younger generation genuinely does not give a fuck about what was done before them. They be in interviews telling them <laughs> over and over again. I don't know why they still ask them. <laughs> like, they be like, so how do you feel about, you know, Tupac. I don't give a fuck about Tupac. I'm like, oh, shit. Exactly. But but this is a generation of people who are who are not lying just to say, just to sound cool. Because it's like, I think, I know we've hit on it a couple of times on the podcast where motherfuckers, you ask somebody who they top five rappers are, and they just gonna say Biggie and Pac off top because that's the that's the cool thing to say. Like, oh, you don't got Big in your top five. (laughs) <laughs> nigga, what type of nigga? Oh, you one of them new niggas. And it's like, yes, bro, man. let's be very serious, bro. I was born in ninety one. Oh damn, I'm Big not dead like, like ninety seven, like, bro. Like I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I might have heard two big. Like my parents wasn't listening to that shit. Parents was listening to Babyface. <laughs> like, I ain't. I, I didn't get into that rap music shit until I was really old. To my sister was old enough. To put me on the rap shit. Like, 
That's just me being real. And then, like we said, we weren't, we're in the South. So what we heard was what we heard. If, if we heard New York or, you know, what they like to call, you know, the golden age of hip hop shit, it was because it was what made mainstream. And we got it like two months after it was hot and we get, we can listen to it. Dolly White and Scooby dropped a stupid exclusive. You feel me? And we, and we hear the new shit two months later. Like, I mean, to me, I think now just being, just being at an age where I've been able to be the young person that, you know, older people just hate on what you listen to. And now I'm being older to where I'm like, okay, this is trash. I, I realize that basically you're always going to have a generation or a group that's just going to be like, okay, we not fucking with that. And so it's just a ratio. And I think the ratios just change a little bit from uh, year to year of just, you know, more serious music. Uh, you know, what is the, you know, the mainstays, the um, more popular versions of hip hop. And then what's just the younger stuff just exploring and ushering in a new wave of stuff. But to me, the biggest change has been, the transition from like the I guess the popularization of drug dealers versus being drug users or drug addicts that's yeah. probably been the biggest shift to me and I mean I think that kind of just I think that comes to like the early um or mid 2000s I guess where you have for one you have Kanye and the backpack era ushering in where people can be themselves so now people are emotional. They don't mind talking about their emotions and what yeah. they're really going through. And then you have Lil Wayne, and uh, I think I mean Wayne did it, bro. Bro, I mean he. I think he did it because without Wayne, well Wayne really to me he birthed for one he brought back Lean just really being popping outside of like Texas. Well, I think the emergence of Texas and Screw and that whole time period where. Swisher House, Mike Mike Jones, Power Wow, you know yeah, Slim Thug, Thug, you feel me? Where they where they were dominating the charts. People was falling in love with Candy Paint. Niggas didn't know who Kiki was, but they was trying to get you know Kiki to spray their shit. Like, <laughs> and I think Pimp C. Like I know in the South, folks folks talk about Pimp C. Like. He's a god in the South because of the thing. And then we look at what happened to him and, you know, how we lost <laughs> him and then how we've lost others. And then I think Wayne was, I'm not going to say inspired. I think he was a byproduct of a whole lot of that. And he was, he was a byproduct of that at a time where he was transitioning into yeah. that best rapper alive but see, since I the best rapper retired. I don't think Houston had that influence that Wayne ended up getting. I think Houston influenced Wayne. That's, yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah. And then I think with Wayne, he just, Wayne ushered he in the pot with it, man. Wayne ushered in your, your whiz and your currency and all your smokers. And I mean, once, you know, once niggas started getting high, it was just like, I mean, a pill here, a pill there. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, Wayne said, I feel like dying. This nigga dropped a song. I am sitting I on a like cloud. Dying. That song was so hard. Hey, and at the time, it's like, okay. Like, I this have is the, the world at my feet. This is the epitome of drug abuse, my nigga. Bro, just hearing that sample in the background Bro. being super creepy, too. For real. She was hard. That was it for me. That was right before Drought 3, too. Drought. 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 Yeah, Wayne, I think just that time period is what really got us here. But I think 
and I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Blake. Uh, Wayne, I believe, ushered it in and put it on a national stage. And you said a name that uh, when we talk about like his influence on music, I think we're gonna appreciate it a lot more in like 10, 15 years. Cause Wiz, when Wiz and Mac came out, and Wiz was just straight up like, "Hey, this smoking shit is all I do. Is this my shit? I'm up and get high. I am going to make music about smoking." And I think once Wayne put this shit on a national scale, all Wiz needed was one. And when Black and Yellow hit, oh yeah, and then niggas was like, "Oh." This is what he doing. Then they go back and revisit shit. I think that point, like niggas heard cushion, cushion OJ, and and niggas was like, you know what, lifestyle change. I ain't even smoking. Niggas OJ was really so pulling up OJ. Swear to God, I was like, this is a good combo. But it was really like in college, just seeing how that like was really influencing people because people weren't smoking. There were people who weren't smoking at all, and you know, Wiz Khalifa. Niggas was still rocking their dare shirts, cause uh, Wiz Khalifa a month in, <laughs> a month into that, and everybody was just Nigga, everybody just had smoking. Khalifa in their Facebook names. <laughs> Taylor Gang took Taylor's went crazy. T God, nigga. It was, I mean, bro, it really, and so just having that influence, and then it just goes. I mean, you just slowly transition. To, I mean, Zans, bro, like. Xanax is really just like a regular thing to people. Like people are not afraid of that at all. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it is kind of a run of the mill prescription drug. You know what I mean, nigga? Who it, was like it? it ain't like some like you know, like you can't get this shit nowhere. I mean, you know, the doctor will give it I to mean, you. Yeah, you, you, well, you mean, gotta know what <laughs> you gotta know the right symptoms to go in there. I mean, and, correct, and, correct. And, and but you like, can go get that shit. You know, what but I mean, yeah. I can't just go, taking it is weird to me. Like, I feel when I hear people just give instructions on how to deal with it, like, when you take a Xan, at first you're going to feel super sleepy, apparently. And and it's like, and when if somebody came to me and was like, all right, you're going to take this pill, at first you're going to feel sleepy, but you got to push through that, and then you're going to be lit. I'm like, you know what? This ain't I'm for good. me, dog. Like, this ain't it. Yeah, personally, I'm good on pills. So, Bro, it just creeps me out. Yeah. I was tripping when Drake said it on, um, what song is that when he said, uh, Sicko. It's gotta be, is it sicko? Half a Zan. Yeah, yeah, I was like, bro. Had me out like I like. I yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the hottest rapper in the world. I mean, and I mean hey, I'm hey, hey, you, ever, you ever pop I mean, do you, Zan, do you remember <laughs> you where you, Do you remember where you were when you heard Boosie say he put X pills in, in women's booty holes? Uh, right here. Right here. Right here. Y'all y'all ain't never heard no. this song. Um, no. It's no. fine night. I it heard was, uh, Boosie was I was today years old. <laughs> like, he was putting pills in women's buttons. No, no, no. But speaking of drugs, like Wayne does come from it. Because I remember them talking about it was like a documentary where Wayne and them like were legit around like dope heads to the point where they would they would have women who would get high by shooting uh like heroin and stuff like up their vaginas. And then then like as a youngin, you would have sex with them to get like the high. And I was just like, bruh, this it Lil Wayne was high at like fifteen. Man, so to tell like throwback stories, I'm like, bruh, how old were you going to deep. dealing with this, bruh? That's crazy. Dang. 
That drug shit ain't no joke. Where the drug stuff, and then just like being the open, like the open world we have, where Kanye really created that. And that's why he can still exist with all this stuff that he's been doing. Because like those kids are like, I mean, Kanye can't do no wrong. I mean, he can do wrong. Kanye been doing a whole lot of wrong. But like Nate always says, you know, too big to fail. I mean, he's cleaning it up. Oh, his rebrand to. is definitely in process. Hey, he always been good in my book, though. Now, so I mean, you know, and I and whatever niggas want to do, but you know, so Kanye is my favorite rapper of all time. Might but I've well. been very conflicted the past. Wow. I mean, you know, it ain't like I've been loving it. Oh, I okay. ain't been loving him. I ain't been loving it, but you know, Alex, a whole Trump supporter, talking about he don't love Kanye. <laughs> me what Trump type supporter. of shit is this? <laughs> no, I'm just, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? I ain't been loving it, but you know. I can understand. I can understand for the most part most of the shit he be saying, and and I can understand why it create the backlash that it do create. And I'm he, just on that side. What's well, funny is he doesn't. Like I'm always shocked by the fact that he has no I can't, empathy. I can't tell. It's like I can't tell. It's the, like if it's real. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Unless I'm just in a room speaking with a nigga, because all these niggas that I see on TV and on interviews, it's like it's hard to tell. Like how they really feel and what they just saying to me right now in this interview, you know? I so. mean, I don't believe Kanye at all. I assume it's all fake just because of his ability to turn it on and off. Right? I don't know, man. I mean, the mental health aspect, I know a lot of people just, you know, want to dismiss that. But when you really be on them, on the medications, bro, I mean, it really do fuck with your, with your train of thought. So, um, it's kind of, and like you said, you know, now he like, you know, I'm, I'm out the sunken place. This, that, I'm off the meds. Yeah, basically, you know he basically yeah, came out and said, you know, yeah, he did that, so he didn't have to go through I'm it. I'm like, bro, shut up. <laughs> hey, but for did y'all real, see though. his, um, when he called out. Bro, can we can we discuss this, please? <laughs> you talking about him Can we out, please discuss this talking shit? Talking about them insulting his wife? Yes, let the train bro. go by. Uh, yes, okay, but hold, on, hold on, let me say that for those who didn't see. So basically, within the past few days, Kanye released a video. He's walking through somewhere in Chicago that looks, it looks like a relatively rough neighborhood, but I know <laughs> Kanye's just the street. I know he's not just strolling down some hood, but Look anyway. on South Shore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's just walking down the street and he's taking the time to address um, Drake, Nick Cannon, and Tyson Bedford, which really, I, I haven't heard of Tyson Bedford since when he was on that motorcycle with Britney Spears. It's like the last time I've seen him. I learned but, about that today. <laughs> but apparently he um, felt like the three of them have all in their own spaces been insulting his wife and, and alluding to having um, sexual relationships with her. And he just took the time to address all three of them. I got time today, cuz. <laughs> Real talk. And I mean, it, it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. I mean, to me, I understand. For humor, not yeah, for anything. I understand purposely. Kanye being a little upset. I mean, the Drake thing. Oh, you do. The Drake thing. <laughs> you it's understand like just a little bit though. Like <laughs> for the most part, I can't though. Like the Drake thing, I'm just like, I don't know. Really, Kiki. I mean, really. I mean, <laughs> how many Kims do you know in your life? When when has Kim ever not been a short enough nickname? Like like. <laughs> Like, so you name, go and you like, Kim, oh, but we calling you Kiki, but we gonna call you Kiki. And then, like, who the hell has ever ca- Kim Kardashian of all the Kims? Have y'all seen the conspiracy tweet though? Like that. So there was a conspiracy tweet that oh Drake has definitely smashed Kim Kardashian, and they like basically point out all the lyrics Drake had within like the last album in the past few features, mm-hmm. and I was and that was a big thing on there. It was like Kiki, he's definitely talking about Kim. 
it was naming all these instances that we would know of Kim Kardashian being referred to as Kiki. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, there's no, this is, you know, trash. Nobody would believe this. Apparently, Kanye feels like it's very valid. The same Kanye who jumped out the window at Wiz and was like, <laughs> Khalifa Kush. <laughs> KK. What you mean by KK? What you mean by KK? <laughs> that was Keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like, nigga, what? Hey, you know, he protective of his wife, man. What more y'all want from I the mean, nigga? if your wife... Did- Damn. I mean... <laughs> Damn. If your wife... If your wife I mean, has... <laughs> The names on her resume. See, look. That look, she has. Look, don't be speaking on Kanye's wife like that, okay? That's his I wife. Mean, That's his family. Clearly. You need to respect that. He knew who she... First of all... Just watch your let's words get, right now, let's get, okay? in, let's get into who he uh, who he chose to address and who he chose not to address. Okay. So he chooses to address Drake, which, if I'm being completely honest, <laughs> I ain't even know shit about Kim Kardashian potentially having a nickname Kiki until... I seen somebody tweet about the shit and I was like, when the hell has anybody ever called Kim Kardashian Kiki? Kiki. That like, never been no nigga. Y'all want to be black that bad that <laughs> you just making know, up. Like, I, mean, I, I was like, I would never know if, if, if that was her regular name, nickname on the show, I wouldn't know. So I was like, whatever, I'll let him live. I guess. <laughs> I wrote with that. Now, as many Kikis as Drake has probably smashed in his, in his life, you think he give a damn enough about Kim Kardashian? To make a song indirectly at you. Do you love me? Like, <laughs> I just don't, writing? I don't see it. So I, I, off top, I was like, bro, this Drake shit. He just continues to have Drake's name in his mouth because he caught most of, he caught most of the heat <laughs> from Drake in the beef, bro. <laughs> Push the T caught a couple. No he caught reason. a couple darts. Yeah, <laughs> like what did I do? Kanye took. So this is, in my opinion, this is Kanye's way of saying, "Oh, you had me fucked up. I was just off the meds and I couldn't defend myself. So I, I'm coming for everything that's mine." Now let's talk about Nick Cannon. No Nick Cannon. We don't know who the fuck Kim Kardashian is, and we don't give a fuck about Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is a byproduct of Nick Cannon. She was Nick, like, the first... Early. Like, early, early. Nick Cannon is who put her on and connected her with Nikki and Paris. Hilton. People know Kim from Paris, the Paris Hilton show. Okay, oh, wait. I mean... You you really feel like that's why people know Kim Kardashian? No, what I'm saying oh, okay, is okay. Was... people. So Kim got her first, I guess, TV break the from the Hilton show. Even know her name? I guess. Yeah, people. So when the whole Ray J shit dropped, it was because they knew her as Paris Hilton's friend. The only reason she was really like she got like cool with Paris and Nikki is because she was originally in a relationship with Nick Cannon. And that was when Nick Cannon was like hot out here. So, you know, like in the Hollywood parties and shit like that. And so when they ask him about Kim, usually it's because all of her fame that came down the road directly ties back to her interaction, however long it was, with Nick Cannon. That's weird. Like That's wild as hell. Shit's still long. Now, yeah, yeah. 
it's safe to say Nick was fucking with Kim before niggas was even given a damn about Kim. So if they ask him and he had her first, what is he supposed to do? Not, he's, I'm, I'm not answering questions about Kim Kardashian. I mean, <laughs> like, okay, if, if he Kanye wants to say, you know me. I mean, like, there's a way he could answer those if you, if, if, you want to be if he but think to be. but think about how we view so we view Nick Cannon as a culture we view Nick Cannon as this corny ass dude right that's just but he's a corny ass dude with a hell of a fucking resume when it comes to people who he's been with or he's been linked to being with sexually or in a relationship so he got a he got like a top five you feel me resume in Hollywood that's what people talk about. So, if you talking about it in that context, number one on the list in the culture, for the most part, is going to be Kim. And we only know Kim because of Nick. What did Nick Cannon say? Do y'all know? I mean, I'm, I mean, I know Kanye was just referencing. I just think, like, probably a multitude of interviews, most likely, with Nick Cannon. Where the, you know they probably yeah. asked him about Kim. I'm sure Nick ain't. He probably ain't said nothing off the wall. And even when no. Nick had his his response, he was like, "Damn, I don't even know what I said." Because, you know, bro, that really when, offended when, you. When when Nick goes on these podcasts and these interviews and shit like that, they talk to him about like two or three different things. They talk about how he was in a gang and changed his life and became an actor and, and child star, all that shit. They talk about his resume and the notches on his headboard and then they talk about life with money and Mariah and all of that shit like them the three points that wherever he go they gonna try to hit this shit so he he probably it was probably a passing conversation and Kanye took it to the next level I mean I really just want to hear what you know about Tyson Beckford that really funny to me all I heard was that Tyson Beckford and Kim had an interaction. They had an exchange where he was commenting on her body being fake. And she made a comment as if, I don't know if it was alluding to his sexuality or maybe they've done something and she wasn't pleased, whatever the case may be. She basically said something like, oh, we know why you don't like my body. So... It was kind of vague where it could go. <laughs> okay, yeah, like, <laughs> like, you feel what I'm saying? But when he said that, I was just like, I wouldn't, re- like, if I'm Kanye West, I'm not responding to anything Tyson Bedford said. Like, it's just not somebody I'm, like, I'm going to address. But, I mean, with me, with, like, with Kanye, I just don't under, you knew, like, that she had these relationships around Hollywood. There's no way I'm going to give energy or be reacting. But I can understand. I, I see both sides. I can understand how he feels. He made a whole song about what his life is currently. It's called Gold Digger. You think you think Kim's a gold digger? No, I'm saying that the everything that he described in the song Gold Digger. Go back and listen Wait, to Gold at Digger. At the end, get on and leave. <laughs> like, listen to Gold Digger. Ask like Serena, Trina, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I mean, you know. Think about it. She, <laughs> but she, I just feel like if you're she been with she been in showbiz. If my yeah. girlfriend had two left feet and I knew she couldn't dance, and someone was like, "Yeah, your girl can't dance," I don't think I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, I mean, you are gonna lose. I mean, uh, if let me not speak out of turn. If if your girl can't dance and me a nigga, you know, like we didn't spend time together, <laughs> and I'm on I'm in public, 
saying some negative shit about your girl. You're going to be like, okay, like I understand niggas going to say negative shit about my girl, but do you have do you have to say negative shit about my girl? Have you if been you're with Tyson Bedford, I'm not going to care. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. And if you I mean, I guess maybe they have a yeah. personal relationship. I mean, Tyson Beckford, you know, he pretty much, you know, was speaking about Kim and was just like, yo, like I really don't care for her, you know, she ain't real. Doctor fucked up her surgery. You know? So if Kanye, if Kanye feeling oh, like damn, he, like, so he knows inside yeah, information you know, is what you're telling like, us. Damn, like you know, this is something I wasn't expecting from this person. Then, you know, he got a right to feel a way about it. What makes you? What makes you feel? Uh, why do you think he felt the need to respond now? Uh, well, you know, like Kanye said, I mean, <laughs> niggas say out the sunken place. No, nah, but really, I just feel like rebranding. I mean, it's like, yo, I mean, Kanye has obviously, and even going back to, uh, because I feel like he just had a recent incident on a red carpet where a reporter, I keep tapping this mic, my bad. (laughs) A reporter asked him about some shit that Tyson Beckford said, and he was like, yo, like, like, get this reporter out of here. He's like, yo, either she got to leave or I got to leave. You know what I'm saying? So clearly it's been some shit that's building up. Uh, You know, the the Drake, Kim rumors, you know, they've been building up. Because he also mentioned that, you know, he just was upset that Drake ain't came out and, like, debunked yeah, the rumors. Yeah. I'm like, I don't – it's like, what – do you really expect Drake to do that shit? Like, these are, like, rumors that have – I mean, my they nigga, have bases, but they really don't have My no nigga bases. is fighting uh, people accusing him of rape. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Taking paternity tests every other day I'm weak. Like, my like, nigga is not – He not finna go, come out and be like, Yo, over, and, over and a Twitter slick, rumor. And y'all slick beefing. Like, what you mean? Like, <laughs> a yeah, Twitter you apologize, but Drake ain't came out and said, yeah, nigga. Drake still feel me. like you told Pusha T that he had an illegitimate son. Like, what you saying? And that nigga said, don't come around me with no 350s, nigga. We <laughs> just, just dropped two days ago. We just came. <laughs> from putting putting P into the pad. Like, come on, man. We was just out there, you feel me? That's what Drake said. We was just out there, you know. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, obviously Kanye feeling the type of way. Now he's like, man, you know, I'm going to defend my wife, which I feel like he got every right to do. Um, You know, it's, I mean, it's kind of weird what he's choosing. I mean, Nick Cannon, Drake. I mean, these are not people who are really just out here disrespecting niggas, your wife. Niggas drop Kim K name in raps every day. You know, but that's a part of the game. I feel like Kanye is like, yo, these are people who I just would not expect to be still shitting on my wife. But you got to know who your wife is. I think he do know. I mean, he know. He know that people so, are going to I mean, shit on his wife. Like, but it's just like. Yo, it's just like, yo, if you know me, if you know my family, like, there's no reason for you to be talking about my wife, bro. I know, like, we know what my wife did in the past, but at the end of the day, like, this my wife, this my family. Like, so, unless you just somebody who ain't got no relationship to me, where, you know, you just a person who just love to speak, you know, in fucking shade room comments or some shit like that, then don't be speaking on my wife. You know, I don't, it don't matter who, I mean, we know what my wife, I mean, she a woman, you know what I'm saying? It's like, don't do that shit. If going back to when, you know, if, when 21 Savage was with Amber Rose, like you shouldn't, if, if you cool with 21, don't be shit on Amber Rose. We, yeah. we but know see, what the, Amber di- Rose the difference doing. in that situation is 21 Savage made it very clear. Ain't no disrespect gonna be tolerated <laughs> from and anybody. Yay making the same shit clear. No, but, but he's not twenty one. But though. see, Yay, Yay made it clear to three people. You feel me? Like my nigga Ray J came out with a whole song telling everybody, "Hey, 
I hit it first hey, though. He didn't right there. I feel like this probably. I mean, that situation probably been handled at this point. I mean, they've definitely had to sit down. At I mean, as long ago as that's been like, they probably addressed that. Yeah. Probably. I feel Kanye. I'm not. I'm not mad at. Him I mean, this. what was this energy from Kim when Amber was talking about putting uh, fingers in in Kanye booty hole? Kim was like, "I'll do that shit too." So, <laughs> 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 you feel me? Like, shit, she need to keep that same down. energy. You feel same the same energy. energy she had with a uh, dude from Donda's house, Rhymefest. Rhymefest. The the energy she had cool. for yeah. That's crazy. Now I wonder how that conversation goes. Like, hey, dog, you gotta get your girl. For I'm broke. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's how it went. That's yeah. exactly how it went. I'm yeah. broke. Yeah. Fuck all the bullshit, man. Can you give me another check? Like, let me write another song for you. I need another song. That's, that's the said, only reason. Yeah, said bet. I got that's the Yanni only dropping. reason that conversation even happens. Like, Yanni dropping in two weeks, nigga. We gotta get to work. Bro, he's gonna make the same mistake that I feel like he made with. I don't even know what the whole yeah. album every it was called yeah Friday not <laughs> not the album but just the whole good music thing where it's an album every week mm-hmm. the him and Chance album and uh, Yandi back to back it's too much bro like I just feel like you can't go from being a perfectionist to really just throwing out music every week like it, and expect the same quality yes. did we figure out whether or not Chance the rapper was an industry plant or. I've heard that about him. Do we and not care Black. about that shit? No what, what? I don't really know what an industry plan is. A nigga who they put in the game who really was set up to succeed type shit. I mean, isn't that just good it's, business? Like, I mean, I, I just, I feel like when people consider somebody an industry plan, they just don't consider it like an organic rise to stardom. You know, it's like from the jump, you know, you were provided with opportunities or some type of advantage uh, you know and sometimes it's either for you know that person's career or like you know they'll say that the industry is trying to push some specific they're, they're, agenda yeah they're trying so, to shift the culture yeah so you know it's like if, if we want chance to pop like you know what i'm saying we trying to get this independent shit to pop so you know we gonna let chance be yeah, you know, the like head of soundcloud that. soundcloud was at risk of going under and yeah, then and then he saved it Chance the Rapper pops, and then now all of a sudden, SoundCloud is, like, leading the charge of getting the bill that was just passed. And now Spotify, you know, is doing the open. Yeah, now uh, they finna let, you know, independent people, artists be able to upload their music yeah, without, so, you know, some third party. That's where, that's where a lot of it comes from, but it's like... There's rumors. I've heard the rumors of Chance, and even though some of, some of the rumors have been very valid when you think about it... uh. I don't think he's a he's an industry plant. Uh, but what's crazy is they have this assumption that Chance is an industry plant, but nobody questions six nine. And I I personally think six nine is one of those industry plants because if you think about the current climate of hip hop and the niggas who have at some point done a complete one eighty. On six nine, it's like, bro, these niggas don't do one eighties for nobody. Shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, his numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, that's mean, why I'm always like, what is going on? with His him? numbers are ridiculous, but it's some. It, it's crazy how his numbers are ridiculous, but the songs with these ridiculous numbers never make it to certain markets. I never swear, I swear, loud. six nine is just not popping in our area, bro. Like in, he's, I, mean, I mean, he's definitely a New York. Artist. Like in the South, bro. 
I just do not be but, hearing no six exactly. Nine but to do those types of numbers, you can't just have yeah. the tri-state area. It's, it's, it is strange, bro. Like it's it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, so he gets. How do you get get when people are questioning? First, people were questioning your gangster. Then people started questioning whether or not you were a liability. For their venues and security, so they stop letting you go places. Then all of a sudden, you randomly, randomly, you get kidnapped, right? (laughs) You get kidnapped. We find out about it. You okay? Like two days later, you in another country giving out money to you know (laughs) poor children. (laughs) That's what he loves to do, (laughs) right? Give out twenties and hundreds. And it's like Like, this is seeming a little because I ain't you know I have never personally been kidnapped. But I don't think you just get kidnapped and then two days later you just show back up and you like you straight. Like, especially if you worth as much if, if you worth as much money as they say he's worth, niggas shouldn't have been able to get close enough to kidnap him, number one. So the kidnapping I thought was fake. I thought he was just like in jewelry fraud. That's what I heard. Yeah, like, see, that's the thing. Man. We don't hey, it's I'm, it's so many I'm, unknowns in this situation. All I know is this fucking Treyway nigga. <laughs> I have a genuine question. I feel like it's gonna send us down a rabbit hole because Nate. We already down a rabbit <laughs> is hole. Is the Cardi B president a fan club president? But is Cardi B considered a uh, industry plant? I can see why. I can see why people would say it. I wouldn't consider her a plant. Though. I don't. I don't think she is because she had such a. She had an organic rise mm-hmm. as far as how people knew her. Mm-hmm. And then once she got on, cause she had a big, she had a huge following before she even got on Love and Hip Hop. Then when she got on Love and Hip Hop, it was on a main stage. Now I do think that the industry latched on to timing. It's like you remember when East when Issa Rae first popped with Insecure, it's a knife was popping. So like. Issa, whether it was 21 Savage or Issa Rae, you feel me? So then all of a sudden, you know, Issa Rae is very comfortable in who she is. Then you have Tiffany Haddish rising to the ranks where people, she she becomes the darling. So it's like in acting, writing, you have this this authenticity uh, in black women. You have this in comedy. With Tiffany Haddish, and then now you have this hip-hop. in hip hop. So it's like everything's culminating at the same. And like you said, it, it is very you know coincidental. Right. I can see where someone would say that, but when you hear people talk about who how Cardi was, even when she was a stripper, they would be like, you know, the same way she is now is the same way she used to be in the strip club. Bro, I went back and looked, or not looked, listened to. Her episode when she was on the Joe Budden podcast, mm-hmm. and this was like early, like before Mall, back when they have um, Marissa Mendez. Yeah, when I tell you Cardi, I never would have thought Cardi was media trained until I heard that. Like, I mean, shit. <laughs> it was you bad. made me want to go back. Bro, I was like, it's crazy, bro, <laughs> to see people's growth and to see how like society changes. Because um, I don't know that's something else we want to talk about, but on there, well, on the podcast in general, and I'm not. And it's like paint him in a bad light because I think it was just of the times. I think this was back in like 2015 or yeah, I think it was like 2015. Mm-hmm. And Rory, who's probably the most like you know conscious about how he speaks when he 
particularly because he's white, and I know you know it's a thin line. But five minutes on that same episode, he dropped a faggot, and I was like, mm. "But just with my twenty eighteen years, you know, that's years, a different era. For my twenty eighteen years, I said, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> this shit is different." Whoa. And I was like, "Bro, it's hey, just that crazy. F word. That shit worse than the N word, goddamn it." Right. <laughs> And I was just like, I was in shock. Shit, I'm scared. Like, Blake might have to go back and just, it, you, <laughs> you might have to go, you got to go bleep that, bleep that, bro. Bleep hey, bleep that, that bro. Real shit, don't have me on this with you. Shit, this is shit, not bro. on brand. I don't support that shit. Bro, he let it fly. And it wasn't even like, uh, it was, it was, I mean, it was derogatory. Like, I was just like, damn, this shit is tough. Niggas did not care. And what I realized, I was like, bro, it's crazy how far we've come. Because I know, hey, like, as a. Real tough. When I was younger, I definitely let it fly. And I'm like. Bro, it was nothing. Bro, I was like, bro, as a society, have we changed? Niggas had no like idea. This, bro, and, and just, um, or just the whole conversation of men and women now. It's just everything gets changed. I mean, I think it's for the better, obviously. Like, it's good that we're getting this way. But it's still crazy to me to see how different things are. Like, I didn't even know what misogyny was 14, 20, I mean, I don't think we know what misogyny <laughs> is now. <Yeah. laughs> but, like, that shit changes every day. Yeah, I just keep it real. I don't Brother, know what else. But the line is so thin with all that stuff, like misogyny and feminism and everything. It's just, like, it's it's a constant conflict on things. Because have y'all followed um, the Supreme Court um, judge being appointed or being nominated, rather? I was just I I just heard about this maybe two hours ago. <laughs> My mom just briefed me on this. So basically, the uh, Donald Trump, the president, is appointing or nominating a um, supreme Supreme Court judge. Um, I don't remember his first name, but his last name's Kavanaugh. And that's pretty. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how he's typically referred to. And so he went through his confirmation hearings, and there was a big show with that. And now, like fuck nigga. I mean, <laughs> I don't really agree with any of his stances, but. The situation he's going through now is like, I feel like that's debatable. Like it's, I can see both sides on it. I'm just like, this is a, a real conflict because basically he's went through the confirmation hearing. Those more about his, you know, I guess his, his just reputation as a judge and whether he's credible and his morals and and those are questioned by other senators or by the senators in general. And so you know he went through all that, but now, um, a story has been brought everyone's attention by a young lady who knew him when they were kids. So I want to say he was 17 and she was 15 Mm -hmm. and basically she felt that he sexually assaulted her. Uh, They had been drinking and they were like a cabin and I mean the stories out there you can look into the details but more or less no there was no actual like intercourse. I think it was I think it was attempted. Yeah he like basically comes off like you know they had been drinking, and he came on to her, and she was like, no, and he just kept like, trying a few like times. what niggas gonna do. Yeah, and he never, like, forced himself on her or anything like that, but not excusing what he did at all. But what's crazy is I'm just... I'm excusing it. <laughs> what's crazy is, was it 30 years ago? Yes, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. 30 happened. plus years and, ago. And now it's coming back up, and they're like, every, there's just a huge debate on whether it's, you know, it's is this fair? What Like, should this be, you know, held against him? And... Bro, at first, like my first time hearing it, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, he didn't actually do anything. Bullshit. But what I've, what I've typically tried to do with all these things is stop and just kind of force myself into the mindset of, of this person. It's like, all right, are Look we going to say? Man. Look at you, man. Well, Look I mean. <laughs> you know, being an upstanding human, man. Well, Look no, 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 no. I just, I get called <laughs> a sexist on the regular by my fiance, so I'm, I'm working. But I mean. 
it just goes against everything. It goes. Yeah, we don't have to dive into that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not just gonna. Not just gonna drive by that. <laughs> it just goes against everything they say we're supposed to do with sexual assault victims. And what blew my mind the most was CNN. You know they're good for just getting random people together. Correct. And they got a group. They got a group of women together, and they were, they were all. I think they were all. You know, Republicans or they're just all typically conserv- uh, conservatively uh, natured. And they were just like, I mean, fuck her. Bro, all the women were just shitting on her. And I was just like, wait, wait. You can't shit on her. Bro, they were just like, why would she say anything? Then some, someone was like, that was 30 years ago, told her to shut up. Like, bro, they just were not here for her. I'm like, bro, that's, you know, the main people you would think would empathize with her. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen because she was, it was kind of, a weird situation. She went to FBI to investigate it, and I'm, I don't know. No, no, no. That's, you know, <laughs> like, if you're going to come with your story, like, come present your story. You know, obviously, this is something, you know, like we just discussed over 30 years ago. It was something that you are I mean, confirming that it was attempted. It ain't like the nigga raped you. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, it was probably just a nigga, you know, made her feel uncomfortable, which, I mean, like you said, it's not, it's not excusable. But I mean, if niggas a nigga seventeen, you know what I'm saying. I just feel like any dude know that if you seventeen and you've been drinking, I mean, who you are now, it's like who I am now is would not be who I am when I was seventeen. And if I was under the influence of alcohol, I mean, I probably would have made. I ain't gonna say I probably would have, you know, made a mistake. <laughs> That's but I'm not saying, on you know, brand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, need, you need to chill. Look, look, sir. Look, you know, if something if something happened that, you know, a girl be like, yo, like I was made uncomfortable. I mean, you know, to say to condemn a nigga and be like, yo, like that was fucked up what you did 33 years ago, dog, when you were 17 under the influence. <laughs> like that was fucked up, bro. And I don't even think you've changed as a person. You a shitty person. And for that reason, you cannot be in the Supreme Court, my nigga. I it's think it's, I think it's I think that shit becomes a slippery slope because it's not like and I hear Charlemagne and him talk about it all the time. Like there was a point I'm in sure time, talk, sure <laughs> there was a nigga. point in time in this country where a whole lot of shit they just let shit fly. Like shit was wild. Nigga, shit still flying. Shit still flying. <laughs> but in the in the era of the Me Too and you know feminism and toxic masculinity and you know these these buzzwords and things like that. I think we have to look at situations in retrospect of times and the times in which they occurred. Not saying that what happened or what, you know, was attempted is correct, but you're not playing by the same set of rules. It's like when motherfuckers go back in time and they like, yo, Jerry West had the best handles of all time. <laughs> and you like, nigga, what? <laughs> and then you go back and you watch the family. You like, bro, Jerry West was crossing over the library. Like, but, <laughs> like, but how do you do that? How do you, I guess, who is the person or, I mean, obviously it's not a person, but how do we dif- differentiate on what we did in the past that's di- that? What standards we had in the past that were acceptable then that aren't acceptable now? And how do we make that transition from saying, from from just being realistic? Like, you can't judge people by what happened back then with today's standards. And we do that all the time. And there's some things where you just feel like 
no, I should be able to. Like, like people do with slavery. Where we have, like, and I mean, in Tennessee, it's been going on for the past year or so where people want certain monuments taken down because, or it's been all over the nation where they yeah, want certain really. monuments taken down because they're like, you know, this person was a slave owner. Like, why should we celebrate him? And, I mean, of course, I'm not in support of slavery, but if that was of that time, like, who wouldn't be doing that? And that's the same thing we're seeing today. And I think with slavery, we're able to say, yeah, that was bad unanimously. But when it comes to things like this, it's like, yeah, that's difficult to say, especially when it's a kid. Like, just, I mean, you just do a lot of stupid things when you're that age. Yeah. But it's, I think when you're looking at it from hindsight, is 2020. And we're always looking at situations in hindsight. And I think that is the issue. And like you said, until we can be consistent on things, I don't think we can ever, there's never going to be a clear path to what needs to occur. And I don't think we'll ever be able to be consistent on something. Because it's like, when we talk about the black experience in the United States of America, we always go back to the fact of there were certain things that were put in place, certain activities, certain things that happened in slavery that are still ingrained into people to this day. So it's like when people tell us slavery was 450 years ago, why are y'all still talking about slavery? And it's like, because it's still relevant. So and it wasn't 400, yeah. whatever the fuck, you know, <laughs> niggas love to say that. But in that same regard, when we have situations of like this situation, it's like, how can we in one in one breath say, you know, slavery has still has implications and it still affects us to this day. And then tell this girl, oh, that shit was 30 years right. ago, cuz. Like, what is you like what what is you talking about? <laughs> like straight. What is you like what are you straight. talking about? And so I think the messaging has to be consistent. And until we can get it to I don't think we'll ever be able to get it to a consistent place because of course there's there's nuance in everything. But when you're having a conversation it's like you come off as if, Oh, you a hypocrite. So it's cool for this, but it's not cool for this. And that's how I feel about, you know, when we talk about especially sexual, sexual assault and sexual harassment in 2018 means something completely different than it met. Hell in 2010, let alone in the nineties, the 80s and then you go into the 70s so it's like we got somebody when when the shit came out about bill cosby bro people was like what the fuck if this shit because it did it came out in both the 80s and the 90s and folks was like nigga bill just being bill for y'all tripping i've never heard that before <laughs> yeah like it, it was documented that bill had bill has fought a lot of this shit before behind closed doors mm -hmm. he had his lawyers take care of some that's why his wife is making such a big stink about everything that's going on right now because they've 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 gone through this before so it's like now that we live and we play by a different set of rules whether you agree or disagree with the rules now they are what they are the court of public opinion is what it is he's had more damage from the court of public opinion and you know, post 2016, post 20, 2015, whenever it was, then he has in the actual court of law 
over the time frame when in which all of these activities were going on because there was a point where motherfuckers was like shit everybody was doing quaaludes because quaaludes at one point was like how people smoke weed now so it's like you can't drop them hoes in the drink though <laughs> I get, I get that's a little different. I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is recreationally, what what they were doing is Man. similar to what's going on now. I'm not saying it's okay. But you can't recreationally drop quaaludes in a whole drink. She not a hoe. She not a hoe. She not a hoe. You got yeah, but <laughs> I guess in a lot of what he would defend himself with is. These are things that we were doing in there. We're doing. And y'all was dirty. We was doing Bill. it. Y'all there. was dirty, Bill. <laughs> we was doing was it. So dirty. it's like, Started you know, me. so we move, in the words of Wale, so we moving the goalposts. We moving the goalposts now. And it's like, you how how do you look back and say, oh, this shit was not okay. It, in theory, it was not okay then, but it was acceptable. And now it's still not okay. But now we're like, nah, that's not acceptable. Well, they finna send Bill ass to jail, man. I think, ain't Bill already in jail? I think he's been fighting it. Yeah, I don't think he actually in jail yet, but yeah, I'm I think not sure. But I think he's, he's uh, I think, I think, just think he's on his way. Bro, what's not funny, but what's crazy is I just read the story the other day. I want to say, want to say this kid was in Texas. But this kid got expelled from school, like, second or third week of school for grabbing a butt. Mm. Grabbing this girl's butt, I mean. Damn. Like, Sexual assault. And I was just like, bro, times are really that's different. Like, it's just expelled. Like, expelled, bro. Like, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, couldn't you get really- ASD, nigga, after school detention. What's, what's going on? They expel a nigga. Bro, I was just like, it's really different. Just like I can imagine being single nowadays. I'm like, I, bro, I have no desire to be single. Just because you are really constantly trying to learn the current standards of today and make sure that you are, you know, being, bro, I, I was just so recently, it's messed up to have, like, your initial meeting with a girl. If you're to say, hey, let's go out and get drinks. Because, like, your first thought is, oh, I want to, you know, take her out of her, you know, um, sober train of thought. And, and, you know, and I was just like, yeah. come on, dog. Like, this is this is hey, so much. Like, hey, you got to think about all that shit. I was like, you this can't, is you so can't, much. You can't invite her over to the crib. You know, definitely, definitely no, no house visits on no, on no, on no initial date. You know, like you said, can't get drinks. You know, you got to do something very neutral. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, she she has every right to be you know shook from you because you know she mean a new nigga. Now that one I can kind of understand. Yeah, yeah, niggas yeah. are crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all this stuff is like just like with um, Russell Simmons, where like half of his stories. The victims say, like, no, it wasn't any, like, situation where I told them I felt the way. Yeah. He was, like, after, it was just, like, afterwards or the next day, I just felt like I had been violated. Mm-hmm. It was, like, you didn't say nothing, nothing happened. And when you hear them describe the story and let you, you know, let them take you just on the journey in their perspective, you completely see how they felt violated and how they were hurt. But if you were able to, like, really just take the situation and, and view it from the other person's yeah. uh, or Russell's, perspective as well it's just like he has no clue and then 20 30 years later he hears about it i'm like this is this is scary bro like you know it's not fair it's not it's like i know as a woman and and you know it don't even have to be as a woman even just as a person like sometimes you go through situations that you know 
make you feel a little uncomfortable. I won't even say a little. Like, they can make you feel very uncomfortable. But it's like, you know, and like we talk about on our podcast all the time, you know, as we're going through life, like, we're going through life looking through our lens. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we get really focused on what we're seeing and what we're experiencing. And we just completely ignore. We refuse to take into account, like, how somebody else may be seeing it. You know what I'm saying? And even though, like, you know, if you feel like something wrong is happening to you or, you know, if we're just talking about an uncomfortable situation, like, based on how you're reacting, like, you can't just expect, like, yo, this person needs to know that I'm uncomfortable. Like, you cannot you cannot expect that. You know what I'm saying? And, and especially if, and then, you know, especially if you're not making it clear. Because at this point, it's like you should make it clear. You know, it just reminds me, I don't know if y'all was familiar with um, the Aziz Ansari situation. That story where, was crazy. Yeah, you know, where it's like, it's a it's a complete situation where the woman is like, yo, like, yeah, I did all these things. Like, I pretty much, you know, I tried to give him an indication that, you know, I was uncomfortable, but, you know, I still sucked his dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like, what is a nigga supposed to do? Like, what is a nigga supposed to do? Like, just let a nigga know, like, yo, like, I'm really not feeling this. Like, Niggas have not gotten their dick sucked for much less. <laughs> <laughs> like, just let a nigga know. You feel me? And But it's like, I, I, at this point, you know, I do have a lot of empathy for women i mean i understand that it's just hard like it's hard being a woman and it's hard dealing with niggas who can sometimes be very um you know i guess you know quote unquote intimidating or you know just uh their actions are very overbearing and um you know as a woman you know you always kind of feel like your safety is in jeopardy at, at times you know and as a man it's just like damn just tell me what's going on but if, but also when i think about looking from a woman's perspective it's like damn like i can understand how you know she may not feel 100 percent comfortable with just letting me know like look like no this is something i really don't want to do you know given the circumstances of whatever is going on so you know like nate always says man it's a slippery slope you know what i'm saying gotta hear both uh, sides I think it's just a growing I, I'm, thing. I'm too. definitely, I'm definitely, I hear both sides <laughs> as nigga. Gotta hear both sides. I need to hear both. And then when I hear both, I'm not gonna agree with one side. I'm just gonna be like, well, you got your side, you got your side. We, where do both we go here. from here? Yeah, we're like, both where here. do we go? I think it's a growing pain, too. I think we're just growing as a society. And that's just one of the things we're learning how to adjust with the fact that, you know, this is, this is one side of the story, but there's another side as well. And you have to, you know, just find a way to understand both. And I think we'll get better at learning how to coexist. But right now, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm excited. I think the struggles, uh, we don't really, I'm not going to say we because I don't want to speak for, for all men. I yeah, think speak for, yourself, for myself, <laughs> when I look at before a lot of these, you know, societal changes and standards came about, it was easy for me to not think about some of the stuff that women have to deal with on a daily basis. And it's like, you got to take into account and think about it. Don't matter if you are, I, I'm, I'm really afraid to get into this because kind of what we were talking, <laughs> like what we were talking, <laughs> like what we were talking about shit. earlier. Cause when you talk about gender and gender being fluid and all of that other stuff now, like the conversation is, you got to use, you got to be so careful with the things that you say now. You don't because, know what you don't know. Because you don't yeah. know what you don't know. You but should. it's like, 
I'll say this. People, <laughs> people who have vaginas, their experience differs from people who have penises. And it's like, from With my point of view, men. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's continue. he gonna say? I will, to say it, I will say it for you, women and men. Continue. So for me, it's like when you think about it, at a certain point in your life, you you view women like you view women exactly like the worst shit that they say. But it's like it's natural. Like inherently, when you look at a woman. Aesthetically, you're looking whether or not you are attracted to this person or not. Everything else is secondary, regardless of what anybody says. So it's like when you take women who are extremely curvy and you think about the experience that they have to have on a daily basis. Like you take a thick ass woman and just just take a second and think about the shit that she has to deal with on a daily basis. And then you take let's say a skinny woman and think about the the situation she has to deal with on a daily basis. And then you take, let's say maybe a, a larger woman and all of them have a very similar experience. But like you, like you always say, Alex, and through different lenses, because what one society, like right now in the hip hop community, these super curvy, you know, ass shot, breast implant lip injection this whole look is what's being force fed to the hip hop culture so the pressure that a lot of these women have have to either get in the gym do they squats every damn day so they can get that ass every hour and and do what it is that they need to do so that they can you know that for a lot is, of them in there and and they might you know to to attract you know what what people are deeming as a level of beauty and then you have the ones who are going out here and getting these butt shots and you know risking their lives or whatever the case may be and then Shit. nobody thinks about the experience of the woman who may be a little bit bigger than what society says is okay or the women who like they just naturally are skinny so that experience is something completely different. And I think as men, we don't think about that because aesthetically and what a lot of women don't understand is aesthetically, a man is just going to look like, look, am I attracted to you or not? If I'm not attracted to you, but you got a good personality, you know, you can kick it. It's cool. But that experience for a woman is like, okay, why does this person want to have this interaction with me? And I think before it was easier for them to be, you know, cool with whatever they wanted to do. But now it's like, I've seen it where it's like an added pressure for you to either be like a super woke feminist ass woman or like your everyday run of the mill woman. Very rarely do you find like the in the middle that is being pushed because like, like, like you were saying, the societal changes is like men don't know what the hell to say no more. I think so. I agree with you to a certain extent, but what I think it's funny is I think we're in the time of, of women being able to, to finally be, you know, different shapes, different sizes, um, 
different colors, have different interests. And it's just, it's, it's a bigger platform for them. And we don't have those. I mean, we still have them of course, but we don't have as many of those strict lanes that they have to be in. But what's weird is you still see like your, what you're describing on social media so much, you see these like really strict guidelines of what women are supposed to be like and what they're supposed to like. And that's kind of weird. I've noticed that trend, but I will say in, in the real world, I feel like it's it's the most accepting we've ever been of, you know, definitely different people and, and what their different interests or makeups are. I agree. But With Blake, I don't know what the fuck you was talking about, Nate. <laughs> That's how it be. But I'm gonna get off of the uh women conversation because I feel like I'm gonna get lectured later. Take it on something a little lighter like golf. I yep. <laughs> I'm already writing it down, nigga. <laughs> At timestamp. Timestamp. Time I, I didn't approve this message. <laughs> At one hour 15, nigga, what the hell was you talking about? But uh, Alex, or AC, my fault. A lot on uh, y'all's part. Alex, man. You can call me Alex, man. Oh. That is my name. I didn't know it was that. But you know, I go by AC, man. You know, realest nigga, realest flow. Right. You already know. Like I'm so glad say. you don't have that damn drop. Like the song say. I have another homeboy. 51.9. Who raps and goes by the name AC. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Is it AC like my name? Well, or is it's it just AC, like AC? AC Noel. AC Noel. Well, you know, my name was Ace, but then I was like, damn, it's Ace Hood. I was like, I don't. Damn, Yo, Siri is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Siri be wilding. That'd be the worst shit ever when hey, you be recording when I and you say, say some shit and Siri just start. When I be saying AC, like Siri be activating, bro. They like, had to be with the Yeah, like, yeah. could that be happening on my phone? If I be listening to my music, bro, <laughs> and then my song, it'll be like AC. <laughs> and Siri be like, what's good, nigga? Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Dun, nah, but uh, uh, now you asked me about golf. Oh, I was going to say on the podcast, y'all talk about golf a lot. And I know you like, probably. Would you just, say a lot? I mean, more than any other person. Yeah, I would I know. agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, and I know you just don't get a lot. Of <laughs> Nigga, don't nobody talk about golf. So we <laughs> talked about it once, bro. It's a lot. So that's a lot. Bro. I was gonna say, I know you don't get a lot of Alice to talk about. So I was gonna let you get your golf on. Hey, did you see about the guy who got out of jail because of golf? I did see about that, and I want to make sure we talking about the dude who was like he drew a lot of golf pictures. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I heard about that. Um, I thought that was pretty neat, man. I thought it was. I thought it was very unique because the dude was like, yo, like, I never played golf. Like, I ain't do nothing like that. But, you know, um, you know, he was I'm, – I'm, how did he get initially introduced to I golf? I mean, 27 I was, years in jail, you – Yeah, I think I think they said, like, the warden came and, like, told him to – because he was an artist, you know. So, they told uh-huh. him to, like, redraw, like, a golf hole. And so, you know, I, I saw a lot of pictures of his art. I thought that was pretty neat, um, you know, and then obviously the golf publication that he was involved with got a little bit more involved in his case, um, which led to his exoneration. Um, and I think it was a case of like, you know, he, he had a gun, like he, like he was guilty to some extent, but he, he was just guilty. was not guilty for like the murder that they was trying to. Yeah. So he was, he ended up being exonerated from a murder in 1991 and he did, which was weird was right when he, like, as soon as the crime happened, the guy who, know they have now pinned the murder on said you know i did that so i'm i, I was i was unclear as hey, to how our justice system is fucking the cause, is they so said bad. like the article i read uh from i think the new york times literally said that the defense lawyers 
and the prosecution were like, the probable cause was minimal. (laughs) But like when you read the article, it just doesn't make sense. But what it said was he was exonerated uh, from a murder 27 years ago. And uh, but he did have a weapon illegally. Mm -hmm. So he ended up doing the judge who, you know, heard his appeal. Ended up saying, you know, basically you are guilty weapons charge but you so, did your time so you did 27 years yeah. you know the limit so is normally 15 so go home i was like bro our justice system is so trash right. it's, it's anytime you up. look into something it's just like oh well this doesn't make sense it's it's yeah. fucked up and it's just antiquated as hell like the fact that the shit that's still in place is still in place like obviously i mean you know a lot of people are aware of just of how our bail system works i mean it's you know if you pour you're done like if you're poor and you get and you get arrested, like oh, you're yeah, done. Yeah, you're, you're, you're done. What's crazy is is it, I don't know if you guys are ever on. I mean, I'm sure you're on Netflix, but I don't know if you ever browse through like those prison shows on Netflix. Mm. I was gonna watch one either today or the other day, and I was just like, "Bro, this looks too depressing." Mm. And it's just like, what 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 do we think is gonna happen to these people that like live in the worst conditions possible, and then come back into society? There's no way you're gonna be. I mean, they're a productive yeah, member of society. You would need to be a part of some program that's going to help you get assimilated back into society. Like that should be like a requirement if you're released from jail after serving so many years. But, you know, we would never find some shit that never, would be you uh, know, yeah, reasonable, yeah, exactly. you know. I looked up because of that, the best prison systems in the world. I would trade my life for a few of those prisons. Hey, I mean, a lot of places overseas, bro, you go to prison. I mean, it's it's the way it's actually supposed to be where niggas is like, yo, we're going to actually like try to work with you. Like we're going to rehab you. We're not going to put you in some like horrible, uh, you know, conditions where, you know, it's like, you know, going to prison should be about, you know, making sure this person is like they, they need to be away from the public. So this is your punishment. You know, you got to be away from the public. But we got to get you ready. We got to get you back ready to be, you know, a part of public uh, back in the, you know, uh, you know, in the public and not, um, you know, whatever you went to prison for. I mean, you know, you got to you got to have an incentive to, you know, not go back to a life of crime, whatever you was doing. And obviously, you know, our prison systems are not. I mean, it's all about money. Like, it's all about money. You know, so it's. So it's like, I don't know, like niggas talk about, you know, they want to reduce crime and shit. But now, nah, I mean, the truth is they don't at all. It was, it was more some, crime, more money. It was someplace like Norway or Switzerland or something. You get like a condo. I mean, I mean, that's the way it should be. A lot of places around the world don't even use like guns when they are trying to apprehend suspects. Bro, bro, police don't even keep guns, bro. That shit is wild. Bro. But you know we on some other shit, bro. You know. Murder gang <laughs> shit. Murder yeah, gang. Yeah. <laughs> Murder gang. Real shit. But back to golf. There's another thing that you guys talked about your podcast that I wanted to ask you about. And I've had a hard time avoiding you asking this. How do you how do you resonate so well with uh Tiger Woods? How do I resonate well, with Well, firstly, Tiger do you Woods? consider Tiger Woods black? Do I consider him black? Uh I consider him biracial. I consider, I consider <laughs> hey, his dad is black. His black. dad is black. I think his mom long, is like Japanese. Long story short, the reason Alex resonates with Tiger Woods because he's a foul nigga. No, well, so I've heard, I've heard <laughs> he him call him. He had black. He he's had black. He had nigga. Japanese. I've heard you call him black before, and I was like, I mean, you don't call uh, Barack black. Barack is, you know, he mixed, you know. <laughs> but, you know, he not black like me, but, you know, he got black in him. You know, has some black heritage. Niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Tiger, um, 
Tiger got some black in him, bro. I mean, he's not black like me, but you know, it ain't nobody black like me on so the how do you, tour. <laughs> so how do you define black like you versus what when Tiger you, when is? You got a, when you got a black mom and a black dad, and they both had to grow up black, and then they had your black ass, <laughs> and, now, and now you black as hell. That's black <laughs> like me. If your mama white, you not black like me. That's what? just the fact that I'm at it. But yeah, going to Tiger, I mean, you know, like he not black like me, but he the closest thing on the PGA Tour. And, you know, he just the truth. So like when what Tiger did to golf and especially what he did to golf for black people, like niggas. But was, he's not black. Bro, he black, bro. His dad black. <laughs> got to pick a side, bro. You got to pick a side. He's biracial. It's his daddy black as hell. It's his daddy black as hell. His dad, I mean, his dad has passed, but yeah, he he black, bro. He black. God bless the dude. Nigga named Earl. <laughs> he black. Hey, that's my granddaddy name, fool. I know he was he was a hard nigga. So you know, I mean, you know, Tiger. I mean, Tiger is. I mean, he is biracial, and if you know when they when they back when they asked him a long time ago, I mean, he was like, yo, I'm, like, I'm not fucking with black folks. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't fucking with black folks, so he got this, this so he got people. caught fucking all them white women, and then he was work. like, you know, uh, this how black people work. Tiger was like, yo, like I'm I'm biracial, like I'm half black, I'm half Japanese, and black people like, what? You not claiming full black nigga? Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I'm he came, like, then he came running back to the culture when he got caught up fucking man, with them like, white he bitches. Ain't run back to the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he still didn't care. He ain't yeah, he, he ain't pulling no OJ. Yeah, hey, he was like, no, 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 I'm still. Yeah, Tiger, he never been on no, and even recent you know they was asking him about trump they like damn like how you feel about trump you know what i'm saying with all the racial shit going on like is is that your friend like you know he like yeah you know we didn't play golf like you know and he just say he 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 pretty much did the cop out like i respect the uh the office yeah yeah i respect the office like Blake, you know that is our president Blake, a foul nigga hey I ain't gonna lie. A foul I'm not nigga, gonna lie. just I'm not like even Alex. Gonna Niggas gonna hate me for this. <laughs> Alex is a, a foul nigga. Response. I thought See, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> Alex is a foul nigga. Yeah, so he don't wash his hands after he piss. <laughs> He's a foul nigga, man. Yeah, I do man. sometimes feel like Tiger Woods gets a <laughs> gets a hard rep because he just doesn't like. But what? But okay, I feel like he gets a hard rep because he doesn't. He does. He just toasts the line. He doesn't. He doesn't lean one way or the other. He's huh. just like, look. I play golf. Yeah, like, that's not, all he trying to do. None of this. He not. He not, not gonna no, pay me like the black guy. He ain't no nothing. activist. You know, he not. He not going hard for black rights out here or anything like that or trying to break down these black. Should barriers. he though? Like, should he? Know. That was gonna be my question. I mean, how all, do y'all feel about people like that? All black people feel like you know, if you're black and especially if you're black and successful, then you need to be giving back to the black community. Now, I do think that it's a big plus. To do that, and you know, Tiger Woods has foundations. I'm not gonna say that he don't help the black community, but it's like he's not like an advocate for just like black issues, which I don't feel like you know you necessarily have to be. Like as a person, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. There's plenty of niggas out here that ain't doing shit for black people. Like, and 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 I'm not gonna hold that against you. You know, you trying to do you, you trying to get your life on track, and I'm not gonna hold that against you. You know what I'm saying? I feel a certain way. Like when you coming up. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, handle your business, focus on your career, get it together. But once you, once you read it, once you reach a certain platform, and Tiger is different because I don't, hey, I don't hold, bro. I don't hold Tiger to the same standard because I don't think Tiger's success is, is solely from the support of black people. Like, I think Tiger no, just dominated, and and you know him and Michael's kind of the same way. I wish they, you know, supported people of color more. But I mean, with both of them, they're not people who I feel like their success is directly related to just their support from the African-American community. But I do feel a way with people in, like, the public sector where your 
craft is just opinion. Like if black people like <coughs> you and they've helped you get to, you know, a prominent stand, a uh, prominent place in your arena. Like, like I feel a way about Drake, like Drake be bone quiet. Like don't say a word. Look, man, God's playing. Then you just give out some money. What more God's you want from that nigga? I mean, what more you want from that nigga? Got Drake be silent. <laughs> Look, silent. I've been moving Colonel Son on trouble with me, nigga. Bro, I don't be right. Now, Drake, you know, Drake, Drake, uh, you know, and then he just give out some scholarship money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to like the University of Miami. You know, I mean, he doing, Not FAMU. He, he doing what he can, man. They said, oh, man, Drake got on a FAMU jersey. Shout out to Drake. He said, no, 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 no. This is DeMarcus Cousins High School jersey. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You gotta no. try to relax. I'm like, bro, Drake, <laughs> relax. I'm like, Drake, bro, you got just, just do something, bro. Like, it's just always with Drake. I feel like he exploits black people. I don't Damn feel like he. New Jersey. I just don't feel like he ever, you know, just goes out there in that limb. And I get, like, you are that big of a star. You don't want to risk it. But, bro, you. You too big. At that point, bro, you too big to fail. And this is, this is my take on it. I think when you reach a certain level. In uncharted territory, although we all have personal, you know, we all have personal responsibility, whether we choose to say, hey, I want to be a spokesman for, you know, a race that partly or fully represents me or not. But I think when you break barriers in ways that has not been done before, you have an obligation because with you know with 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 great success comes great responsibility and i think with people like tiger you do a disservice when you don't utilize or take ownership of the responsibility it's just like with tennis right we give a damn about tennis in america because of venus and serena you mean black people no Oh, you mean just people, people in general? People in general, I would because disagree. no, because people in general, especially let's let's just take America, right? Mm-hmm. People in in America care about tennis because of Venus and Serena. Because before Venus and Serena, there were no Americans that were dominating or even relevant in tennis. Period. Not to the effect of Not, Serena and Venus. Exactly. So that's that. my point. Yeah. When you reach the pinnacle, the height of your sport, like if you look at tennis as a whole, the draw to tennis is Serena Williams. Because Rafa, Rafa Nadal, Rafael has issues. Be the truth, though. Truth, but. I think he's number one in the world, too. He has he has health issues, yeah, right? He does. So the most dominant athlete for the last 10, 15 years in this particular sport is Serena Williams. So from an American standpoint, we have an American dominating a worldwide sport. She has a responsibility to do some of the things and say some of the things and speak on some of the things that she speaks on. Tiger Woods, because that's a predominantly white sport. Correct. Right. Tiger Woods is in probably the most predominantly white sport, the most traditionally white sport, and he's a person of color. So when you make a decision to not speak out against certain things or to remain quiet on certain subjects, it's as if you're completely negating that responsibility. 
And I think people like like when when we when we lump Tiger in with the Michael Jordans and the Charles Barkleys of the world, I don't think it's a fair comparison because you gotta you gotta put him in with the Bill Russells and the Jackie Robinsons because that's what he is. He broke through a predominantly white sport as a person of color. So when people of color look at you, they don't look at you like you Michael Jordan. They don't look at you like you Charles Barkley. They don't look at you like Alan. They look at you like you Jackie Robinson and Bill Russell. And whether it's right or wrong, I think with great success comes great responsibility. And you have to understand that you you have an obligation to do that. Now, whether you choose to do it is completely personal. But I think we would we would be remiss if we did not say that niggas felt some type of like when when Tiger came out and said, "No, I'm not black. I am biracial." Niggas felt some type of way why? because I don't know. but you don't know why niggas felt the type of way. No, I don't because the nigga biracial. I don't know what else. Niggas to say. felt the type of way because if Tiger Woods was pulled over, or if Tiger Woods was in the same situation that Clifford Harris was in when he was trying to get into his gated community he was stopped by police officers they don't see tiger woods as biracial they see tiger woods as a black man so if tiger woods gets pulled over by the police the same experience that you have whether you see him as a black man or not that same experience is going to be afforded to him and i think he people get to a certain point where they either realize and embrace the situation and the predicament that they are in or a lot of the times they get blindfolded to the things that people tell them. And I think Tiger is a prime example. Before all that shit came up with his sex addiction and him cheating on his wife and all that shit, Tiger was America's darling. You know, he he was the headliner in golf. He was chasing Phil. No, he was chasing uh, Jack, Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. And, you know, everybody just knew Tiger was the best thing to happen to golf. When Tiger's not doing well in golf, Golf from a mainstream sports situation goes is shit. Don't nobody give a fuck about golf. True. So he he controls the pulse of the relevancy of this entire sport in America. I don't know about worldwide. And correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. But I mean, uh, you know, Tiger is, I would say, the biggest golfer in the world. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of you know European players that are popular. You know, i.e. Rory McIlroy, um, but. You know, he does control it because the PGA Tour, because there's a lot of European players. I mean, there is a European Tour, but a lot of them play many the events that's on the PGA. the PGA. I mean, that's the biggest one. Because that's, and, that's, and, and what, that, that's what the draw is. Correct, so it's like correct. when you are the draw, I feel like when you're a person of color, people of color look to you as a beacon of hope. And it's like a slap in the face when you come out and say, oh, I'm not black. I'm biracial. Then it's like, okay, so you, okay, cool. So now when you, you know, got, got the Bambi legs on, on the damn video when you got pulled over for some bullshit, now all of a sudden you in a fucked up situation and you realize and you're putting a, you're putting a, you're put in a situation where you now have to come to terms with the fact of as biracial as you feel you are and as biracial as Alex may think you are and as biracial as you may very well damn be. Yeah, because you are. People don't <laughs> view just... you People don't view you as biracial. 
people view you as a black man. So which I mean, what you want the nigga to say? Like, do you want niggas to be like, yo, like Tiger, would you consider yourself black? Do you want him to be like, well, you know, technically I am biracial, but you know, since I live in America and since I have dark skin, you know, people are gonna view me as black. So to answer your question, I guess I'm black. No, like, I want what what I want from Tiger Woods is for him to acknowledge the fact of it's just like LeBron James, right? When LeBron James had that shit spray painted at his house, he said he set his children down and reminded them that no matter how much money you have, no matter what you do for people, no matter how much change you bring, no matter how much you can impact an entire country, let alone the world, certain people are going to look at you as exactly what you are. And that's a black person who they consider less than. And Tiger Woods, regardless of whether he has a biracial background, whether his mother is black or white, Tiger Woods looks like a black man. I know I know fully black people who look more white and more biracial than Tiger Woods. Hey, but I'm going to go ahead and keep it 100 with you. Tiger Woods is one of the few niggas that I think in this world who is never, it's like, like, you know, we talk about, like you just said, like, in, in most instances, like, no matter what, if you look black, like, you know, niggas going to treat you like a nigga. Like, they going to treat you black. Tiger, bro, to me, he transcend all that shit. Like, this nigga, this nigga is. They said the same thing about OJ. Hey, but OJ, see, the thing about. <laughs> I'm not black, I'm OJ. The, the thing about OJ, <laughs> okay. you know, and for, for the most part, like. I mean, oh, I mean that was true. Like he was a darling, you know what I'm saying. But I mean, once you until kill, he wasn't a darling I mean, anymore for murder, for murder, till you kill a white woman, nigga. I mean, you're not gonna be the darling. That's no cool, more. but bro, if you let let's be very honest, right? <laughs> let's be let's be very real. Tiger, that shit with Tiger Woods and cheating on his wife. When did that shit happen? Like six, seven years ago? Like oh nine, like oh nine. Cool. So we talking almost a decade ago that shit happened. Folks are just now, within the last three years, getting back on the Tiger Woods train. I mean, I would disagree. The Tiger Woods cheerleading I train. Would disagree. That's cool, cause cause you have a whole, you I know, do. you have a whole separate intelligence in the golf community. <laughs> what I'm talking is main mainstream media. Mainstream media was like, "Fuck Tiger Woods." I think it's because he's I would been disagree. hurt. <laughs> I think it's because he's been hurt. Yeah, tight. The only reason this nigga been out the limelight is because the nigga got hurt. Like, like all the shit went down. It was bad. He came with the apology press conference. Nike was like, "Shit, we rolling with you. We got the ads coming right after the shit." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, with your dad voice, he passed. We what, got your dad voice. Did Phil Mickelson get hurt at some point? What wasn't he hurt? Cause I, I wouldn't. I, wouldn't know I distinctly about remember that. that nigga having a fucking uh, what's that shit? A icy hot commercial. And a Dr. Show's commercial because this nigga was injured on the tour and this nigga got endorsements because he was hurt and he he had stopped playing for like two years. This nigga was still in the damn limelight. So it's like, so you telling me Tiger Woods, the biggest golfer, this person who who keeps golf in, you know, in our minds and in our hearts and, you know, make us care, care about why the fuck they got a golf a golf segment in the top 10 on ESPN. He gets hurt and has this scandal with his wife. And now all of a sudden, you know, we kind of don't give a damn about Tiger. We just like shit. I don't think, I think Tiger's done. But this white man, this white man can have injuries and not 
perform and I go out there and play and got to leave early and all this other shit, my nigga is still getting commercials. My nigga is still out here. I mean, pub and Lincoln. I mean, what, what, <laughs> I mean, wait, let's take a step back though. So you, in general, do you feel like cele- uh, celebrities have to represent their audiences on like a social stage? Do you feel like that should be a requirement of them? Cause I feel that way about Kevin Hart. I feel like he doesn't. And then I was kind of annoyed that he kind of played the black card uh, with his little riff with uh, Cat Williams recently. And I was just like, you don't never stand on no platform for us normally. Like, I don't ever hear you say nothing about us. Question. And I, I don't want to divert the conversation. But you're about to. I know, I know. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about what he had to say with that, with everything that is going on between he and Cat Williams? I, gen- I generally agreed with Cat Williams, but I just thought it was kind of corny for him to place that, like, I'm a black man out here trying to give black folks opportunity. And it's like, you be in all these movies with white folks, and you don't be, like, really just be out here championing black people. But, I mean, you can't argue for, you know, I mean, he's doing a movie, obviously, with Cat Williams. He's producing it. I mean, with Tiffany Haddish, and he's producing it. It's a very fair point. And, I mean, I mean, I really wasn't really here for what he was saying about himself, actually. But what he was saying about Cat and Mike Epps and about them, like, you both had opportunities, and you guys botched it. And I, you know, had the discipline to um, not do that. And even though you may be funnier, you may feel like you're funnier than me, I'm the person who is responsible enough to keep my priorities in check and get the job done and get this money. And now I'm trying to, you know, pass that on to the next person and help pull them up. Don't be hating on me because, you know, you couldn't do that. And I mean, that's a, I mean, I don't understand how you can argue against that. And, and I don't know the behind the scenes of Cat Williams or Mike Epps, but they both do appear high more times than not when I see them. So, I mean, it's a fair argument. But, I mean, in general, I just didn't think Cat, like, once it got to the point where people were, like, fact-checking what Cat Williams was saying, it was just like, this is 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 stupid. Like, there's <laughs> I mean, no, like you're lying. <laughs> you're just telling like you, lies. I said, I have five more specials than <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Three more than, <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn, this, is this true? <laughs> niggas in the room like is this true but facts don't matter facts don't he said matter. I own all of the rights all of my rights it's the highest grossing special thanks to Atlanta Bro, you know, you, 23 million you google those credits <laughs> and like he doesn't he doesn't even own a production company is what <laughs> Kevin Hart said all that shit was a lie he's like <laughs> the niggas lied like none of it was but true but see what's crazy is niggas went and fact checked what Kevin Hart was saying it was like that nigga was lying too so <laughs> it's like I was like damn so who who the fuck we supposed to believe what did they say uh, Kevin Hart was lying about about uh where he ranks all time and uh the number of specials that he's done his tickets, his gross ticket sales, think you know shit like that. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm more inclined to believe Kevin Hart, exactly, because I mean, he just, he doesn't have anything else. Like you know, he's like, I can stand on my numbers, and we see them. He said he does arenas. Just like if he's saying he doesn't do those numbers, how is Cat Williams doing those numbers? I mean, we we know we know what Kevin Hart do. We know this nigga, you know. Selling out shows at a ridiculous rate, a ridiculous amount of tickets. Um, and we, it's like, 
to to hear Cat Williams talk about how you know he's possibly doing more than Kevin, got more specials and making more money. I mean, when when he brought up the what he said the fifteenth consecutive year, a hundred a hundred city tour, fifteenth. <laughs> it's like, bro, no, like there is no way, <laughs> there is no way, like that is that is improbable and most likely facts impossible. don't matter. You know, facts do not matter. Like my like my boy say. Cause that fake is your boy. My boy. My boy. My boy. <laughs> boy. Oh, oh, you're just not even gonna clean it up. I thought so you no, 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 he just let this shit cook. Shout out, shout out, Donald, man. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, Glover, not Glover. No, no, definitely not Glover. No. Can we? <laughs> Cause I didn't really, I didn't get a chance to really just go off on this nigga. Donald Glover, bro. Why are why you the, going off on Donald Glover? Why the fuck do we sit up here and act like this nigga is Hype Williams? Wait, like, wait, what do you mean? Like, Donald Glover can drop a video, right? And there'll be 76 think pieces on that shit the next day, and nobody knows what the hell is even going on. I mean, they be hard, though. They be hard, but we're not just going to sit up here and act like this nigga made belly. Like, I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Now, I can't name you. I don't know if I've ever seen a Donald Glover music video before This Is America. Oh, wait, I've seen the one where him and Chance are surfing. But outside of that. With the with the, with the the iconic gif yeah, where they yeah. sitting on the car? Yeah. Well, so ignoring that and just talking about the more recent stuff, but This Is America and then what's the other one with the kid? Uh, everybody in hip-hop and, like, kids. What's that? Uh, uh. Damn. No clue what the song's called. You just asked me about it because I hadn't watched it. Yeah, anyway, these the past two videos is, been hard. I'm dude. off the uncle. I'm off. I'm off the uncle nearest because <laughs> I, I ain't even. You feel me? You sleep, sleep <laughs> on. Uh, I'm two cups in because on Childish Gambino. He, he been hard with these videos. I mean, he. This is my thing, bro. As with most things that happen within the culture, we don't we don't take into account that we can appreciate some shit for what it is and just leave it at that. Like my nigga shouldn't be getting no video Vanguard award for shit. <laughs> like my nigga got two, like you, like you just said, bro, before this is America, you had never seen a fucking video <laughs> from this nigga. Like, so why yeah, are we saying some hard videos? Though. He has two hard videos, uh, bro. bro Missy got, Elliott has six and don't have a Vanguard. Missy Elliott got more than six like, hard videos. Like exactly. Yeah, so more, so he that got is more than two. So oh, wait, that's my point. Also, he don't have a Vanguard. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I'm just so saying, bro. I was like, did he really win that? In theory, what we sit up here and because like was it last episode? I think last episode we, we talked was, about. We was just talking about his BET like nomination. Like the, the BET nomination. What is he bro? nominated for? He is nominated for Lyricist of the Year. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's back Are we talking the BET Hip Hop Awards? Yes. Yeah, okay, I mean. Lyricist of the Year, Blake. All right. Lyricist. I can't, I can't bring myself to get upset about the BET Hip Hop Awards. We, we, I think, I mean, I think the jig is up. I think we just know. <laughs> the jig is up. I think we just know they want to do like a million ciphers. And and they have to have people get on stage and accept awards. So they're just picking like you know this person might come, so we're gonna nominate him for everything. Like I don't I don't think they like, I don't think anybody's sitting there and there's like you know what I really felt the lyrical hey, you know childish killed this. Yeah, I don't think anybody's this. really doing that. 
I'm this with is I, America. Yeah, I'm not getting upset. <laughs> I don't nigga. even know. I don't even know anybody who watches the awards. I just wait for the <laughs> the tweet. Yeah, we, well, we watch it as a family. No, 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 I don't even wait really? for that. I just want to see the videos of the ciphers. True. And I'm ignoring half of them. It's just got to be the right cipher. They lately been kind of slow. Yeah, yeah I don't know who they'll be able to get this year that they I would care about. Hard. You know, they get the whole. Oh, you know, Eminem together. coming with part three I for the MGK shit. <laughs> I get MGK so insulted. Shit. I get so I get so insulted and upset every time somebody sends me an Eminem song. Or I saw a think piece the other day about him potentially being not potentially, but them saying that he is coming in and trying to impact the culture the same way that they do industry plants because the irony in that his response to MGK was the biggest YouTube. Debut of any, bro. I do not care, bro. There's <laughs> nothing. Nobody like, in the culture care about Eminem, bro. I, outside of him probably dying. There's nothing. Oh wow. There's no, no, no. <laughs> realistically, not, I agree, but there's not, there's nothing outside of him right here, dying, so. there's no news headline I see about Eminem, and I'm like, oh, I have to hear this. Yeah, it's just. I'm sorry, Marshall. Man. Don't do it for you. Bro, in 2018, he bro, does I don't not need to Blake's fans. I don't need that at all, bro. Like, have you have you heard have you heard an Eminem song in in 2018? No, and I'm I'm assuming. Bro, I'm not clicking it. It's a wrap. Bro, Pangay floods my inboxes every time Eminem Hey, can drops. we take a second and just acknowledge how trash Pangay is? So, for the listeners that don't know, Pangay <laughs> is a friend of the show, <laughs> and uh, he will definitely be a guest on here at some point. But Pangay has made two music recommendations for me in the past, I guess, six weeks. And they involved Eminem. One of them so, involved Eminem. So, the first one is Eminem, which is respectable. If that's what you like, you know, it's just not for me. Nah, that ain't it, Chief. So, no, no, no. Now, this is the one where I blocked him on my phone, you know, um, all social medias, group me. All, he was like, bro, this new bad Barbie. And uh, I didn't know bro, who that was. Uh, nah, the catch me outside, about, yeah, girl. talking about the Dr. Phil girl. Bro, why would you send me that? Like, if is Hey, that bad Barbie, though. As two grown men who I respect and, you know, you know, I think you're a decent young man. Like, I just would never, I feel like that's insulting to send it to you. Like, yo. I, I can't call myself a friend and be like, yeah, check this out. Yo, check out this bad baby. Hey. Nah. nah, he had to give up. You know, she fucking with Trippy Red. <laughs> Some, uh, another young man. I'm not. <laughs> nah. Is he sick? Like, what's his thing? Why does he look like that? <laughs> that's just hey, how that nigga just, look, you just bro. Have to speak like, with his parents, bro. I don't know what else to tell you. There's no like thing, like nothing. I think he nothing just facially challenged. Just an asshole. I'm like, dead serious. <laughs> my nigga is dead I'm ass. Dead You're just a dick. My nigga is just. Uh, he's perfectly fine. aesthetically just, handicapped. I'm gonna Google this after the show. He's I know a, for a fact. I believe wrong. he's just aesthetically he's handicapped. Just mean, bro. You just a mean person. He that's might have wrong. a slight he touch of I eczema. Guarantee all this. We're gonna look into it. I guarantee. He may have eczema, bro. Or he just might be ashy. <laughs> I don't think it's that. He might just be ashy a little bit. For this, is this is Blake and Nate. I would never, I would never be disrespectful. My nigga, you are a Trump supporter, so you just gonna have to just you get know, all like, the you way know, out. A lot of the listeners window. might not be aware that, that that you know you you're still good with that. No, I guess, like, I guess. Okay, so they don't like. They don't. They don't know you. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and give a little clarity for niggas who don't know. Why he's finna double down? <laughs> I, I, I've seen this before. Oh, I love I love to double down on some like they be like, yo, I know he gonna clean it. No, I'm gonna no, double fuck, down no he's on gonna it. double down. Nah, but you know, uh, you know, shout out to the After Five podcast. If you're a regular listener, which I'm assuming most of you are not, <laughs> uh, you know, niggas like to paint me out as a Trump supporter. Really, I'm just somebody who like 
Um, you know, Nate would call me an apologist, you know, a Trump apologist. But, you know, I'm just, you know, like we said earlier, you know, I play both sides. So, you know, I like to hear both sides. So if niggas want to call me a Trump supporter, it's whatever. I mean, you know, the election happened. I put in a vote. It was not for Donald Trump. Like, you know, so that's that's fact. But, um, you know, Trump, uh, to me, he not as bad as they make him out to be. And I mean, he, he not good at all. <laughs> He not good, but he not as bad as they make him out to be. That's all it is. So shout out Trump, man. You know, um, <laughs> out here how hard a, that was I'm to a, just I'm going to leave that alone. Through. You know, I'm just going to let you live on that island by yourself. It is what it is, He's man. He's a foul I mean, nigga. Nah, niggas, niggas know what it is, man. You know, we can have any type of conversation. I'm always reasonable when speaking about Trump to me. Yeah, you got it on that Trump island. To me. I'm cool. I'm strong. You know, I... You know, I, I'm just not just going to be on just like on some like, yo, like whatever this nigga do, fuck that nigga. I, I mean, the I, nigga, I mean, he, he done done some fucked up shit, but like, you know, I'm still got my eyes open for the shit he doing because, I mean, the nigga's still in office. So like he still, you know, I, I still be hoping that he going to make, you know, some shit that do go right for niggas. What has he done that you mess with thus far? What has he done? I can't, I can't tell you something he's done that I fuck with. Okay. But I can't. I really can't tell you shit that he's done that I don't fuck with. Yeah. Okay. So the drink rating for uh, <laughs> for, it's your for, boy SC, man. Really, really slow. <laughs> he said, "I really can't tell you anything." Oh, okay. I mean, it's like I'm just talking about like policy. Oh, like, okay. Like okay, obviously, okay. you know, it's like you know. It's like there's shit that's obvious that I don't even have to speak on. I mean, clearly this nigga is just awful. I mean, <laughs> this nigga should not be the president of the United States. I don't know what else to say. But really, I mean, like, what type of shit does he really put into effect that I'm just like, damn, I really did not fuck with him. I don't. I can't give you one. How'd you feel? Well, I guess the kids weren't just on him. Those were that was yeah. being done before. Yeah, and because because Nate had brought that up, but yeah, I think that that's something that's kind of been going on, but it's just kind of being highlighted with Trump because he's a foul nigga. Trump is a foul nigga. At least he speak. He definitely speak foully. Like he I, definitely don't. He definitely don't speak presidential. At you all. seem conflicted. Like, do you? No, like I said, I'm, I'm a play both sides. <laughs> as nigga. I don't know what else to say. I'm not just gonna completely shit on the nigga, but I mean, he is also bad. Cause you was a foul nigga. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like it, it don't have to just be you know completely fucked at me. I mean. I'm for sure gonna chop part of that up and use it as the point. Like I mean, that's long, gonna be my long, as as you are gonna be my first clickbait. As long as it does not misrepresent what I'm saying, I'm it's okay going to completely it. misrepresent what you're saying. I mean, bro, you don't even know what you represent when I you say know. what you say. I do know everything I say is how I feel. I mean, that's just real shit. Yeah, I can't wait to have my first clickbait piece. <laughs> um, thank you for that. That's gonna. I really appreciate. I, mean, it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's definitely gonna be certain. Like I, I. Can't name anything bad that Trump has done. It's gonna be something centered I mean, around. Yeah, whatever. Man. whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. definitely gonna oh, be. Oh, so you one of them niggas? Oh yeah, we like shade room. Nigga, we you not gonna get we... no fucking plays, bro. We ain't gonna get no subscriptions off this shit. Like, God damn, this is not on brand. We specifically had a conversation before we started recording. Look, Alex, you gotta stay on brand. You gotta man. stay on brand. We get, like this, this is a crossover brand, opportunity for this us. Brand. And then you get on here with this damn Trump praising apologist shit, and now we you, you feel me? See, this would be wrong. This would be wrong. 
you know, you using words like praise. Like, because this is what niggas do. Niggas be like, if you don't completely shit on Trump, nigga, you love that nigga. Like, damn, no, I don't. Like, I don't love the nigga. It's like, but I'm just not going to be like, yo, Trump is like, you know, I don't know. Like, to me, he's just a white dude, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he a white dude. This a, He act like white dudes act. You know what I'm saying? And like, alone. Like, but he just, like, way more. He just like, like that in front of everybody. Like, yeah, he just way more upfront about the shit, but. He just keep it. He and, just. Like, plenty. So, basically, you telling me Trump just keeps it a buck. That's what you telling me. I mean, by definition of keeping it a buck, as in, you know, just being, like, you know, like, unapologetically too honest sometimes. I mean, yeah. If you had to just say yes when he asked that, that was going to be clickbait part yeah, two. I ain't going to let you. I mean, I've said enough. I've said <laughs> enough. So, you know, as of now, you know, I'm just going to speak fully and directly about Trump. Because that's your guy. I did not guy. vote for the nigga. I don't know what else to say. I didn't vote for the nigga. Yo, Brittany been cutting her fucking eyes at me for the past, <laughs> like, on God for the past, like, five minutes. Like, nigga, you ain't shit. Nah, Wait, when uh, Kim said you're fucking up the money. <laughs> like, she's... <laughs> Like, she, she like, dog, I cannot believe. I cannot believe. I'm American. Nah, <laughs> no, but you know, niggas know I'm keeping it on it, man. Whatever, man. Y'all I don't know. think they do. Niggas don't know, but it's all good, though. <laughs> like, I, I'll know for them. You feel me? I'll know for them. Because they just ain't reached that level yet where they, you know, they can, like, think for themselves. This is what really Kanye trying to tell y'all. <laughs> don't be brainwashed, bro. Think for yourself. So uh, you free, what niggas. is it? Free, uh, free thought? Is free that- thought, man. Tiger blood. <laughs> hey, shout out Tiger, man. This nigga is balling right now. He about to win this tournament. It's going to be his first win. I already know it. You know? Don't we, we talk- do this every Saturday, though? We talking about right. two different Tigers. Yeah, I'm talking about Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm talking about real Tiger blood. But yeah, uh, oh, I don't know nothing Continue. about that real Tiger blood. <laughs> but Tiger Woods, I feel like he's been doing this every other week now where he just be warming up hey, and then this, he comes in like third. This tournament, though, it, it's like no other, bro. He balling. So, um. You know, he lead, he he been leading after every round type shit. So, shout out to him, man, you know. That's your man's. You know, I, I fuck with Tiger, man. I mean, strictly from like a like a sports thing. It ain't like I know. He's not my friend. Not, black, <laughs> not black man to black man, you know. No, I mean, it's, it's like, yo, this I nigga. Understand, like, this know. nigga cold. I, I like, went to school with niggas like you. I, <laughs> I get what you're saying. I mean, he cold. It ain't because, you know, it is it is a plus because he. No, nah, don't try to clean it up. It's cool. We just going to let cold. that rock. Yeah. You know, I fuck with him. Shout out Tiger, man. Shout out T. <laughs> T-Dub, man. Black athletes. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and start the drink re- uh, drink rating now. Uh, for Uncle Nearest, I'm I'm a huge Uncle Nearest fan, so I love that part of it. But the mix of it kind of, you can't really get the Uncle Nearest flavor anymore. You just kind of, it doesn't have that kick lo- anymore. lost in that other shit. Yeah. So shit. I think I'm going to give it a solid 7.5 still, though, because I do still mess with it. I don't know when I'm going to find a bad drink, though, because everything's sleeping high. But I'm gonna give it a solid seven point five, so I fuck with it, Nate. Out of ten, yeah, yeah out of you ten. Know, I, that's nah, they average. Got, nah, they got eight. <laughs> you can take that. It was, it was great. <laughs> but I really appreciate y'all coming. Yo, Mac, I had wearing that ass up food. So you trying to check? Gonna give Mac food. I'm gonna get cereal on your ass. That's fine, food. <laughs> Little chin strap, I damn fool. <laughs> Bro, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go in because, like, you know, we got a podcast and shit. And I, you know, I, I need our friendship to stay intact. I don't want you to quit and shit. Freaky nigga ass. Nigga. How freaky? Long face ass nigga. Quit talking to me.
You're not being professional. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate y'all coming through doing the podcast. Did y'all want to go ahead and plug uh, After Five? Sure, man. Uh, also, we appreciate you even inviting us to do this. I mean, you know, it's a pleasure. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, be sure to tune in to me and Nate's podcast, uh, After Five. We drop every Friday. You can find us on SoundCloud on Apple Podcasts. What's 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 the other uh, available? Stitcher, things? Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah, you know, um, if you, if if you really down with us, man, you'll fuck with us. After five, that's after the number five. I V E. I V E. So you know the five <laughs> is you know in place of the F in five. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, I always appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, it was it was great speaking with you, Nate. Did you did you have some words? Yeah, man. I I just. Uh, Shout out to you, Blake. Uh, so many people say that they want to do a podcast and very rarely do they very rarely do they follow through. So the fact that you are following through in the way in which you're following through, like listen to the first episode. Shit was fire. So, uh, you know, shout out. What was, what's your friend's name? Uh, Darius and Woods were on the first episode. So shout out. Shout out to them, man. Very. Jay Wood, bro, I got a funny ass Jay Wood story. I need to see that nigga again so I can tell several him again. funny Jay Wood stories, <laughs> bro. When I heard that shit, I I tweeted and was like, bro, listening to that shit made me think about all the conversations that me and Jay Woods had like back in the day, and I was like, damn, you don't realize how how much you take for granted certain relationships and interactions that you have until you hear them again, and you like, damn, bro, like. I miss that shit, yep. but you know, it, it it was cool to hear it in that way. So shout out to you, Blake. And, and like Alex said, you know, thank you for having us on, uh, in this format. Cause it, it's really cool to be in a structured format, which is like, and also <laughs> me and they ain't been in person doing a podcast <laughs> in like, long ass time, in like three, four months. In a long time, so bro, this so. has been a completely, you feel like, me? Like, you know, I ain't seen this nigga in a minute. Actually. Yeah. Cause I like so when I come to Memphis, bro, when I come to Memphis, bro, this nigga out. will not text me back. <laughs> He Fuck will not nigga. text Fuck me back. Nigga. And then this nigga was, in, he was in Chattanooga, bro. He was in Chattanooga. I did think I recorded recently Bruh, when he came to Chattanooga. He was in chat down the street from where I live currently. I wasn't in chat for, for <laughs> Nate business. <laughs> and this nigga was, was like, hey, bro, let me hit you back when I get back to the M. I was like, boy, I hate niggas, bro. <laughs> when I like, niggas. Like, and, and then hit me like Monday like, yo, so you got the topics and shit? <laughs> Strictly like, business. Bruh. Fuck okay, this nigga, man. Crazy, man. I got my other shit. Too. But yeah, bro. <laughs> chat, uh, 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 check us out, bro. Yeah, after five, man. After five, man. We twenty eight episodes in. You know, check me uh, out, man. I do this rap shit, man. AC901, uh, SoundCloud, man. Find me at Twitter, man. At Instagram, AC901. That's A C E E nine. This nigga is not. He's not even a social media nigga, and he is just <laughs> doing really, these I'm plugs really like he just out really here not. like this. But bro. hey, but follow me though. <laughs> You Tag wanna, me in it. Like, though. follow him, bro. Did you want to plug your social media? My shit nah, is. fuck that shit, My shit is at your favorite G. You feel me? Uh, hey, what type of shit is that? You need to change this shit. Nigga, you can't even own your name. You had to add an extra unnecessary I got, my e. c- I got my city on that. First of all, that's been my name, and I got my city on that motherfucker. Little E-ass, nigga. 
But yeah, man, check us out after five podcast, your after work vibe. Uh, rate us. Uh, five, on, five stars. Five please. stars, please. <laughs> five stars, please. <laughs> Even uh, if you don't think it's five stars, just go ahead. And uh, we we appreciate comments uh, and recommendations and all that good shit, man. But but me and the homies, man, it's good to to definitely be here. Uh, and have this conversation, be able to have this dialogue with you. Hopefully, we'll be able to do another uh, podcast crossover and have have you on after five. Uh, so, yeah, just let me know the place. I'm be extra I'm with it. <laughs> with that's it. when Blake got to be extra. Like, it's like you <laughs> I'm know, never extra. <laughs> like, you get, like when you the guest, nigga, especially on our show, <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say. I, don't, I encourage it. Well, now I really appreciate y'all coming through, and it'll be dope to have y'all on here. And I can't wait for everybody to hear it. I know, um, I know a lot of people are gonna be excited for. It. I did talk to Scoob about it, and I know he was he was say hype for it. Um, and as far as the podcast, please keep uh, reviewing, rating, and sharing it, and following us on social media at underscore me and the homies. Um, we appreciate your support. Your support for the first episode was crazy. I got so much feedback. I talked to people I haven't talked to since like 2009. It was crazy, but no, I'm I'm really excited. And I thank everybody for the support. I thank y'all again for coming through. Um, no doubt, man. Yeah. And I'm and I gotta apologize because I'm for sure gonna miss birthdays every week. But follow us on social media and send in your birthday shout outs for your week, and we'll definitely try and get to you. Do you have any birthday shout outs? For, yeah, man, uh, shout week? out to. Uh, uh, you know, my fiance, Brittany, man. First lady at the five. She turned 25 this week, man. It's um, lit. So, uh, yeah, man. Shout out to her. All right. I also got a shout out to Jay Woods. He was on our first episode. Uh, shout out to Kanisha. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Lily, Meg. Shout out to Dance. Um, and also, birthday shout outs to two people who've passed away. Uh, we got Brian Cook and Ernest. All right. Thanks, y'all. Happy birthday, homie. For me? Yeah. Happy birthday, homeboy. For me? Yeah. Make a wish. that you are right there with us. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. He does not no, he I'm does not, not embrace right no, I'm not. the fact that no, he I'm is I'm no longer a spring you, chicken. I'm living my best life. How old are you, Alex? You 25? Man, I'm young as fuck. Don't add that year on me, nigga. <laughs> Don't add that my girl 25, nigga. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I just turned 24. I just turned 24. Okay, I'm 3 years older than you. You old understand there's no like And I'm two years fuck. older than you. What do you, what old do you as think? Fuck. <laughs>